This is Matt Brown, and you're listening to Just a Good Conversation. I found a photographer on Instagram who was making wonderful images in the great state of Montana. Tommy Martino is the photography manager for the University of Montana, and that school is his playground. From covering the university president and student body, to making marketing photos, and of course, covering sports. Having the expectation that you know good photography matters um, and it helps the university, I think that's what I've really tried hard to show. And I think people have bought in for the most part on campus. I'm Matt Brown, host of Just a Good Conversation. Take a listen to our archives. My guests have ranged from military veterans, Olympic gold medal winners, photo editors, and New York Yankee announcer, Paul Oden. So we had a name of a guy who was from a town in Louisiana, and his town was spelled B-O-S-S-I-E-R. And so, wow, I, I thought it was Bosser or Bossier. I didn't want to take a chance, so I called the uh, fire department there just out of the blue. I said, how do you pronounce the, your city? Uh, I'm in New York, and you have to say this name. And he says, Bozier. I said, B-O-S-S-I-E-R is Bozier? Yep. Okay. And so uh, and so I, I took a little pride when I said his, the name of the city properly. The rest of my conversation with Paul can be found on our archives at justagoodconversation.com. Let's take a quick break from my sponsor before diving into my conversation with Tommy Martino. I've got not just a man, not just a young man, but I got a Montana man on the podcast. Tommy, how are you? Good, Matt. How are you today? I'm great. I, I you're you're the first Montanian, I guess. What's what is it? Montanan. Is Montanan on Missoula, the podcast. Missoulian is where I am. Montanan is what I, I'm a transplant though. Some people will get mad if I call myself a Montanan, even though I've been here like 10, 12 years now. So isn't that after ten? Don't you kind of get that status? I guess so. I mean, I we were lucky enough to buy a house here, so I, I think that counts. Yeah, you're paying property taxes. That's a that's a big step in the right direction. Yeah, yeah totally. There's worse things, but you know. <laughs> how how did you find yourself finding Montana? Where were you born and raised? I was born in um, the Chicago suburbs. I grew up. I, I usually say Chicago to people, but sh- people in Chicago will get mad if I say. I'm from Chicago, but I grew up in a suburb of Chicago. Um, it's called Hinsdale, um, and I, that, that's where I grew up. And I found Montana because my uncle went to school in the West. He went to Utah State. Um, okay. And I was lucky enough to visit him growing up because he, he, my whole family's from, my dad immigrated from Italy, and my mom's family's from Ohio. So when he was going to college, he wanted to get the hell out of the Midwest. I hope I, sorry, excuse my French. Um, <laughs> there is cussing on this podcast. So it's all right. <laughs> okay, cool. I, I tend to cuss sometimes, <laughs> um, but he, he wanted to get the hell out of Ohio, um, Toledo area, and he moved to um, Logan, Utah. And that's kind of where he fell in love with the West. And then he moved back and then he moved back again in the mid nineties. And I've been visiting, uh, he lives in McCall, Idaho. And that's, that's where I went every summer. Um, I worked on a golf course there in high school and I kind of, in high school, I really wanted to get out of the Midwest um, and move to the West, kind of like he did, because I loved it out here. And I looked at some schools in the area, um, Boulder, et cetera, et cetera, Utah State, too. Um, 
I drove through Bozeman, but I didn't even like the way the town looks, so I just came straight to Missoula. <laughs> That one for you, Colbert. And then, uh, okay, wait, wait, wait. I gotta know because I was just in Bozeman in in June. What what didn't you like about Bozeman that you settled on Missoula? I don't know. I think I was just like, I, so my sister and my uncle and me did this big road trip around. We started in Boise. He picked us up there. He went to uh, Logan and visited Utah State, and I almost went there. Um, and then we, w- we went to Yellowstone and stuff and we spent like a week with him. And I think at that point I was just ready to get the hell out of the car <laughs> and we, we got to, we got to Bozeman and I was like, eh, let's just go to Missoula. <laughs> <laughs> then we got here and I was like, wow, this is cool. And I think it was June. It was the end of June. And it was very, you know, that's like the prettiest time of year here. People don't realize that it's nine months of winter here. Right. It's, it's gorgeous. <laughs> It was at that time. Now it's a little more mild here, but um, yeah, we got after that point, you know, I came, came, we went back to McCall and I started applying for schools and then I got, I got into Utah state and then I got waitlisted at CU Boulder. But you know, my mom was pretty much like, you're not going there unless you want to be in debt for the rest of your life. I was like, (laughs) all right, fine. (laughs) And then I got in here and I got a really decent scholarship, which, you know, I was not the best student in high school um, because I really just wanted to be a photographer. You know, I'll get into that some too, right. but that's kind of how I ended up here. And then there's a lot of people that say this. I've heard on your podcast too. I started an art school here and I think I sat down and if the professor hears this, that's in school here, I sat through his art history class the first day, which honestly I probably should have stayed in looking back on it. It's probably going to help me. Um, but, uh, I, I, I was like, oh, my God, this boy put this book on his desk, and it was, like, this big, and people can't see, but it was huge. And, I, you know, being 18, I, he's like, you're going to read every single page of this book. And I was like, nope. <laughs> I'm out. And I walked over to the journalism school here because I kind of knew in the back of my mind um, that, it, that it was a really good school. Um, and there's a lot of accomplished photographers that have come out of here. And I thought, all right, this place prides itself on learning by doing, et cetera. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to sign up for J school. And then that's kind of how I ended up coming here, staying here, the short end of it. But right. yeah, it's a secret about how Montana is a pretty good J school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's historically been in the top 10, um, whatever ranking you want to right. look at. It doesn't matter really at the end of the day. All that matters is the work you do. Um, sure. But I, I think um, the professors are great, especially Keith Graham. You know, he lived in California for a while. I don't know if you ever heard of him. No, but he was, DP of the San Jose Mercury News for right. a while. I think that's what his position was, but he'd been all over the place. And he's the one who really, I was like, all right, I got to listen to this guy. And then I met Jeremy here. And, you know, those guys really helped me um, a lot. And I, I think I'm a little different um, in some ways because I, I always knew I wanted to be, after sophomore year in high school, I was pretty lost the first year and a half. And then I got into a photography class. Um, and this is how a lot of people's stories go. So I don't want to be cliche, but I, <laughs> in this, in this film photography class, introduction to photography, Mrs. Califoot was the teacher. And I owe a lot of this to her because she was the one who saw something that, you know, I don't think I was any good at the time. Of course, I think I just like climbing roofs and taking pictures of the streets in downtown Hinsdale and being silly. basically. <laughs> um, but that, that's kind of what I, I, I got into. And then she saw that I really enjoyed it and it, brought a pat like i think that was the first time that you know my eyes lit up because my other choice was to be like some sort of uh, construction worker type guy and that's what i was working on doing going to like a trade school thing four times a week and learning how to drywall 
And I thought, you know what, this is way better. And then I kind of got wrapped up and dove all headfirst into photography in high school. And then I really liked was, was photography so, around the house? Did dad take pictures of mom and dad or? Actually, yeah, my dad um, was a wedding photographer. Um, okay. So he, there was some influence in the house. It was uh, subtle. And my dad was an executive at Motorola growing up. Um, so he was like way involved in cell phones and technology. So from a really young age, I was always playing with stuff like that. So okay. I'm sure that's been a part of the interest there too. But he he had a an icon. I don't even remember what the hell it was. He still has it. I should just take it from him because he doesn't use it anymore. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think it was an FM2 or something like that. But um, Wow, he, that's a big workhorse. Yeah, he, he did it pretty seriously for friends and stuff back in the 80s and late 70s and 80s. And that's, I mean, wedding photography, no thanks, uh, but, but he, uh, that's just for me and not for me, but he, he seemed to really like it. And he like, you know, he talked about it a little with me, but I think sophomore junior years and my mom bought me, um, my first camera. Um, and that's kind of after I, because we did use FM twos actually in high school too, which I was surprised they had that good of a camera, but that's what I, I learned on that camera first. And then I got a digital camera. So, right. But that's, that's, that's so there's a little influence in the house. That's big though, because you know, a lot of times, you know, it doesn't matter. Like sometimes it's just a little spark. That's all you need. Totally. Yeah. You know, what are you doing over there, dad? What are you taking pictures of? And yeah, yeah. You know, he, you're, you're kind of got the bug. Yeah. He definitely, I mean, I think my grandpa too was, a, was a big enthusiast when he was young. Cause he was a, he was a hunter and a fisher, Okay. but he, he had a, a set of cameras um, in fact, when I first was starting at J school, he, I always laugh at this cause I'm, I'm on Nikon now you know how this goes, but I, everyone was using Canon in the J school. So I of course bought a 70 and was like wanted to be on Canon and it's obviously the more popular brand still. But he was like, why the hell are you using Canon? Nikon's way better. So <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing back when he told me that, but he, he, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he saw you join the wrong gang. Yeah. At first <laughs> I'm, I switched to the light side now. <laughs> when you're at Montana, those first couple of years, how committed were you? Did you really think like, yeah, I'm going to be a, a photojournalist or a photographer and then kind of branch out and maybe, I am doing commercial work or advertising or fine art. I mean, were you super like I'm in on this photojournalism lifestyle? Oh yeah. Um, I think honestly, what I was going to say earlier is another influence that came out and I'll, I'll get, answer your question in this backhanded way. Um, my, my dad is a huge Italian soccer fan. Um, and growing up you know, 2006, specifically Italy won the world cup mm-hmm. and watching all those games with him. I think that was the first time I really noticed the sports photographers. And it was like right around the time I was getting into, you know, right on the brink of getting into photography. And that is kind of where I realized like, I like sports. I can't play them. I'm not any good at it. I just tried wrestling in high school. I hated it, but um, I really enjoyed like the, the passion, the emotion, all that stuff. And I, I, I couldn't probably put words to it then, but that influenced me getting into like photographing the high school sports a little bit badly, but doing it still, um, you know, that, that kind of thing. Right. And, and getting to school, I had that in the back of my mind. But when I photographed a Grizz game the first time was really when I was like, all right, I need to do this. But I, right from the get go, when I got here, I was like, I want to be a 
a photographer. I didn't really necessarily know it was photo, photojournalism, but when I got into the courses, I was like, all right, I need to, I need to do this. And I mean, Keith can even attest. I tried to sneak into his class when I was a freshman and he got real pissed off. <laughs> I remember that was the first time I got my butt chewed. He's like, how are you going to screw other people who need to get out of here faster? You're a freshman. You have plenty of time. You don't even know. What, I don't know. You didn't even say all this stuff, but <laughs> in a basic way of saying that, he was like, you don't know what you're doing yet, but like, just be patient. It's just something I need to learn still. Now, what about that Grizz game lit a fire under your ass? That first game, I, I was a, I think it was, it was a fall 2012. I don't know, man. Like the Washington Grizzly Stadium here is like a, a very unique FCS stadium. I'm not, I'm not trying to promo it. Right. It is. Um, and I think just the, the amount of people, the noise, the like, I photographed football a little in high school and we had a pretty good team. And so I kind of understood football a little, but okay. it was just the experience. And I was like, wow, I need to figure out how to sum all this down. And I, I think looking back on it now, I can say all these things and kind of what I was thinking. Sure. Um, I don't think I was necessarily thinking it at the time. Um, but that's kind of what got me hooked is that, that feeling the emotion, like the, just like being part of the game day experience and, and just having the privilege of being there. Cause I've always, I've always known that I'm lucky to get to do it. I think my first boss of the student newspaper here is like, this might be the only time you get to cover sports like this. So take advantage of it. And I've said that to all the people I work with him, our interns at the Missoulian when I was there and, you know, current interns at the, at the U that I work with now, it's like, this might be your last chance to co- cover D one sports, just like the players playing it. They might not get to do this again. So take advantage of it. And that's kind of what, you know, made me feel like I wanted to keep pushing myself and keep going. And, you know, here I am. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a very insightful thing for someone so young to, uh, to see and understand that when you walk in, it is a special moment. You know, those four years go by real fast, even though when you're in it, it's not, it's like sledging through a swamp, but yeah. you know, that football season, that freshman year, like if you're not traveling, there's only maybe four or five games at home. They're mm-hmm. scattered out from early September to late November. Boom. Just like that. It's gone. You're off to another class, more, more sports. And so yeah, things fly at you at Definitely. that rate in, in, in college. And you could tell the freshman you that, but it's not till the senior freshman or the senior in you goes, where the hell did those four years go? Yeah. Wow, was I blessed to have covered that many games or do that many events? Yeah, and I'm lucky that a lot of people saw um, that, you know, I I don't know if I would say I'm good now, but I had potential, and they and they let me cover the hell out of sports here. And I think Keith, I brought him up earlier, he just retired from BU, but he said to me in, I think, Intermediate Photojournalism, um, which was one of my favorite courses, that he's like, you should make a living in shooting sports. Um, and that's, that's when he said that to me, I was like, I can do this. You know, that was like the lit, like I already had like fire in my belly, I guess, as he said, um, or he said, whoever said that, (laughs) someone said that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I just, I've always really wanted to, when I just put my mind to something, I accomplish it, accomplish it. Um, and I try to do my best to at least, (laughs) you know, everyone fails sometimes, but you know, I, um, I definitely think, um, I'm lucky that I've had that perspective and that drive. And a lot of that comes from my family um, that I know what I want and I work really hard to get there. Um, and uh, I think um, 
yeah, that, that, that's something I'm blessed to have because not a lot of people know what they want to do and that's okay too. Right. Um, yeah. But um, I mean, I, I know a lot of photographers, even at that age, they were history majors or something else. And it wasn't until after college, they make that decision. Like, yeah, I'm going to become a photographer. Yeah. And I think that's like, it's, it's interesting to me too, how, um, you know, so many people in our, in our business take so many different ways. Um, oh yeah. Like yeah. there's a guy from Missoula that was like a physics major. And there's a couple people I think, you know, too, that I've heard that have done, have had similar paths, you know, absolutely something that would pay or an engineers or something. I'm like, why the hell would you leave that? <laughs> <laughs> because they realized that that wasn't their passion or they weren't very exactly. good at it, or that's just not where they wanted to spend their nine to five. Exactly. We are, I can't tell you, and you know this cause you're just getting into it. I'm 30 years in. I am blessed every time that check come and someone says, we're going to pay you to do this. Holy yeah. crap. Like it's phenomenal. Like we get yeah, it's unbelievable. unbelievable. It's a fair profession. I mean, honestly, and it's, it's no matter what level I end up making it to, whether, it, you know, I'm the university photography manager for the next 30 years, or I end up working in an NFL game one day or whatever, you know, I, 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 I tell everyone I work with and I need to tell myself this every day too. Cause you know, it's hard when you're, I, I feel like I want, I always want to keep pushing myself mm-hmm. getting better and better and getting to higher levels and stuff like that. Um, but I'm lucky to wake up every day and for starters do that and then walk in into campus and get to photograph whatever it is that day, whether it's sports features, classes, you know, and when I was working in newspapers, you never knew what you're walking into. And that's the kind of thing I love about working at a university and, and working at a newspaper. There's, you know, it's a smaller pond when you're working on a campus. Um, and obviously I'm technically a marketing photographer, but I'm always going to keep that perspective of a photojournalist because that's just was beat into me and I can't let it go because I love it. Um, but having that diversity and just getting to meet all these people and stories and stuff like that, it just gives you such a perspective um, that, I'm lucky to have, and I'm lucky to get paid to do it. You know, like you said, right. What do you think Keith saw or his influence in you to get you to that next level? Cause I'm sure there's a lot of people that took his course and it just doesn't work for them. There's not a snap. What was it that you think clicked? Man, it's a good question. I don't know. I think, I think I just was like, Part of me, part of my personality is I'm just a little relentless. I don't want to give up. Um, and that's a big part of doing this well, I think. It's just, I think at least, it's just trying, trying, keep keep on trying. Don't uh, don't give up. And, um, you know, there's some days you want to, but I think he saw that I, I had the potential and, and the drive and uh, the passion to do it. Um, and that's kind of what got him to, you know, really push me. Um and I feel kind of cocky saying that, but it's just, um, uh, you know, I, I just, that, that's really what, cause I really wasn't any, I felt like I wasn't any good at that time. Um, but I, I knew I could do it. Um, and, and that's, I think what made him push me and he helped me get my first internship and all that stuff. And once I got in the door, I think I've kind of proved people, you know, and that, like I said, I'm not perfect. So I don't, anyone who's listening to this, I don't want to make it sound like I did everything right all the time. Sure. But, once I got in the door, I knew I would, I did my best at least to never squander an opportunity. Um, and that's why I get so freaking mad when I, when I miss shots and, you know, don't walk out of a game with 
20 bangers or things like that, you know, or whatever I'm shooting. I think that's, I feel like I'm wasting a little bit of my time, but more someone else's time that gave me a chance. Um, and that's why I, I, I'm really hard on myself in that way. And sometimes I need to definitely ease up. And I think that's a piece of advice. I, I wish I could give you more people. It's just like, take it easy on yourself sometimes, because this is a really introspective business. I feel like I, I can sit and pick apart everything I do. And there's some mentors I've been working with lately that have been like, just walk away from it. And that's one part of the things I love about sports. It's like, you'll get another game. I know I will now in school. I didn't, but right. I know I, I probably will now. You know, you never know. They might can me tomorrow, but <laughs> <laughs> never listen to this, but you know, you know what I mean? It's just like having that kind of drive, I think is what Keith saw. Um, and probably my work was okay then too for him. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, that is, that is a major advantage we have is that there is another day and it's mm-hmm. another day, literally at the same event. So it's yeah. not an, another, another completely different, maybe the opponent, but you're not shooting the opponent, you're shooting your team. And so, you know, you're yeah. going in, you're like, I got another men's basketball game on Thursday. And mm-hmm. Whatever I try. And if it fails, I fall flat on my ass. And I only get one good photo out of it. I could do it again on Saturday night. Definitely. And I, I, that's what I, I think I had an okay game on, on Thursday. And then yesterday I tried to mix it up and walk around in the catwalks for half the game and shoot the whole game from up. Cause I had our other photographer there on the floor and I wasn't that happy with my work. And I caught myself kind of getting pissed off at myself. Right. My wife comes to the games with me a lot and she's sitting behind me. I could feel her rolling her eyes in the back of my head. <laughs> like, but you know what? Here's, I mean, this is the interesting thing. I, I learned this early is there's only so much we can control in it. If we set up, we want to visualize and create this image. If the team you're shooting has a dog game, and they mm-hmm. go four for eight in the first 15 minutes, there's nothing you can do. If you set yeah. up, if you set up a remote specifically for this shot and it doesn't happen, okay, I did yeah. my part. I did everything I could, and my subject is failing me in a way that they're not producing and putting those shots in the basket for my remote or whatever it is. It's nothing you can do. Absolutely Definitely. nothing you could do. And that's the thing. It's interesting you say that too, because there's lots of parallels. I feel like, cause we're not, I, I'm not an athlete, but I feel like I was listening to one of your podcasts. Actually, one of the guys said this, that we have a very similar mentality. Um, but you know, it's, it's not the same, but you right. know, some days you have a bad game. Some days they have a bad game, but what defines you is how you move on from it. Mm-hmm. And a yeah. lot of is like baseball too because I think one of my favorite quotes is from this writer from the 60s and my mentor showed me this too like the, the line between good and bad photography is very thin oh yeah uh, I'm not quoting the thing directly but that's basically what I'm always remembering when I'm shooting a game and it's how you respond how you come back if you go over three at the plate you know whatever you know you gotta yeah. go, go do it again and maybe you'll, you'll hit three home runs next week but I think that's something I, I, at least in the past two years, have really tried to work on um, getting better at. Um, the I other, think. the other thin line between a good photo and a bad photo is an editor. Yeah. A fo- it really is. If, if I've had many of editors where I walk in and they're like, "Yeah, that just we needed a vertical." Mm-hmm. Well, what? But this is a great horizontal. Yeah, well, it's not going to make the paper today. I, it's got. It's you're just like, oh, but. Damn it. <laughs> that's what we're, that's what the layout, which was already done and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So oh, man. 
yeah. Yeah, a lot of times it you're out of that control. You can make whatever you can and then you come back and they just put in the other photo. Maybe your second or your third or maybe even your fifth best photo because they need a thin horizontal or a very skinny vertical and you're just like, just I'm not going to take all these limbs off. It won't work. So yeah, yeah cool. sometimes that's even out of your control. Mm-hmm. 100%. And that's, yeah. that's just the business we're in. But the power we have today is we have galleries where mm-hmm. when I started out, you got one photo maybe on the cover and then one inside and there was no internet, no galleries. Now where you and yeah. I work, we can gallery it up, maybe and post, you know, 20 photos and be done. And they all get in. Exactly. Huge advantage. Huge advantage. Even from when I worked at the Missoula and became coming to here, you know, I, I definitely think I, you know, we go a little wild in our galleries. Sometimes we we, we can, Um, but yeah, I I remember, you know, I've always had access to galleries, so I'm lucky for that. Right. But um, there was times, you know, I wanted more in the paper and then we just didn't have the space or, you know, whatever. But I had a very good boss at the Missoula that always was a huge advocate for getting the best photos in big and bold. And he he was always such a champion for, um, his name's Kurt Wilson, uh, for having great photography at the paper. Um, and that, that, that's something that rubbed off on me certainly and pretty much everyone he ever worked with at that paper. So, yeah, it's big. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a nice thing because, you know, if you're shooting for the athletic department and you know, their photo more than likely needs to be horizontal right? That's yeah. the way the format is for so many of those websites. And it's very rare. They're caring at all about the mobile. They'll just force the photo into the mobile structure. So they're all going to be horizontal. So a lot of times you're stuck to a horizontal visual in your head because that's what the marketing guy is going to want. And the, you know, corporate sales or whoever gets their hands on it. And then when you do the create this great vertical, they're like, ah, maybe we'll yeah. make a poster and hang it in the hallway somewhere. Totally, especially for basketball, because I mean Keith always said it's a vertical sport. So I, I mean, a lot of people debate like if you shoot horizontal, crop vertical, etc. And I'm like, no, I like shooting vertical in basketball, so it's really hard. Especially because yeah. I'm pretty sure your website's probably owned by the same company, yeah. whoever, sidearm, whatever. So it's it's all the same space, kind of thin horizontal photo that you know sometimes works, but I, I try to, you know, always stick to, you know, I always try to have a plan, I guess, before a game, but um, definitely I, that's something that's always a struggle, I guess, but you know, there's always something you're going to have to deal with, oh. whether it's a paper at a university, stuff like that. There's always a constraint. And I think with constraints come creativity in some ways, right. um, but some, sometimes, some days you just need to get through it. Too, now so. this is always a photojournalism shortcomings so tell me if you had the same experience it gets very photojournalism heavy in the teaching and maybe there's not a lot of like great studio work or portraiture work because there are a lot of in photojournalism it's handoff observe capture where if you're doing a portrait class you're in control you get to mm-hmm. make your subject do and present them in any way possible did you have additional good classes to help sculpt you or was it a very narrow path? We, you know, there was the traditional photojournalism class that I mentioned beginning photojournalism intermediate. But then once I got up into the higher level of courses, there was like a class here called freelance photography where I learned 
how to do, to do some of that and it touched on a little bit of everything like commercial work, stuff like that that you're talking about. Okay. Specifically portraiture has always been something I, I always like light. Obviously that's the main part of our, <laughs> our business, but I, I was able to kind of get in play. We have, we have a pretty nice studio here. It's kind of old now, but um, I think that that is a place where I cut my teeth and learned about beauty dishes and, you know, rim lighting and all that stuff. Rembrandt lighting that Keith was always, I just went to Amsterdam and saw some, Rembrandt um, <laughs> that's kind of back in my head right now, but, uh, definitely, uh, I, I think, uh, that, that was, that influence was there. I had to specifically when I got to UM, I had to kind of teach myself a little more, um, whether it be from YouTube and the guys at BYU, um, their, their YouTube videos have been amazing. If anyone give them a selfish shout out, they, yeah. they have great tutorials. Um, and I look to whether it's damn stuff to, learning how to use your pro photo lights better. Um, Cause that's something that I didn't even realize was so amazing. Those lights were when I got to you and we were lucky enough to have some ordered by a guy who used to work here and had the forethought to get them for us. Um, that it, they, they've been wonderful. Um, and that's really when I started playing, when I pl- started playing with those lights and culture actually turned me onto them too, before I got here, that's when I started getting more into the portraiture and stuff like that, that I do. Um, I, I haven't been showcasing it as much on my Instagram and, and social media lately, just because, like I said, sport, sports is my main passion. And um, for a lot of UM people, that's their, their shtick. But definitely, I think that in school, that's where I got the foundation. And then I kind of, in the past three years while well, I've been at UM, and even at the Missoulian a little, but we had speed lights and things like that. And that was more, like you said, let, you know, let the subject and stuff determine what's going to happen. Because um, I, I did shoot some portraits there, but that was less of the mission. Um, but here we do a lot more. So that definitely has been part of the growing process for me here, which I'm very thankful for because it's a very useful skill. Oh yeah, absolutely. Without saying. Yeah. <laughs> when you see college wrapping up, what is on your horizon? What are you thinking? Oh, like Tommy's future is here or are you a little panicked? Man, um, I didn't have, so this is one of the dumbest things I think I did. And I told my interns this, I, I, you know, I, I, I didn't really feel like I had the chops to apply for the really big, you know, bright internships, you know, whatever, Chicago Tribune, LA times, stuff like that. Sure. So I just didn't apply. So I didn't think I was good enough. Um, and that was a mistake because I wish I would have looking back on I mean, even the past couple of years, I've learned applying is good for you, whether you get the job or not. If you get an interview, it's good for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I, I should have listened to people around me more then, but I just felt like I, I wasn't, what's the point? No, they're never going to pay attention to this guy from Montana. But I was lucky enough to apply for some opportunities that I got interviews for, et cetera. And I didn't, um, I, I didn't get the job. I think in Helena, it was, I applied for a staff job there. Because I always, like, I think one of the things I wish I would have done going back on it is I would have focused a little harder on getting more internships out of school and spreading my experience around. But, I, you know, I have, um, I have Crohn's disease, so I was really focused on getting a, a job with benefits. Okay. It's something I'm always beat into my head. It's like, you need to get good health care. And I always knew that because I grew up with the disease. So I, got, I was diagnosed when I was five. Um, and that's always been kind of, that's probably where part of my determination comes from, okay. I guess. Um, right. And I, I hope anyone doesn't think I'm cocky because of that, but you know what I mean? I yeah, think, no, uh, absolutely. Anything uh, like that, 
if you have that kind of situation in your life, it does change the way you're going to perceive your, you know, the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had to, I had to think, had that in mind. And, um, I, I was really focused on getting a full-time job, but I knew that at least getting one or two, and I interned at the Missoulian, I should say. My okay. senior year was interning at, step back here. It's, I, I like to ramble, so it's <laughs> in the format, right? Uh, <laughs> I um, So my senior year, I kind of um, was thinking about that, I guess, at the beginning, and I wanted to, knew I still knew I wanted to do sports. I was kind of like the senior photographer at the Cayman, I guess, is the student newspaper here. I don't know what you want to call it at that point, but I was doing a lot of sports for them. No one else was really that interested in it, which still blows my mind. If you don't like shooting sports to some degree, you're getting into this business. I feel like it's you. you yeah. That's a whole thing. Right. But um, at that point I, I decided, um, you know, I was going to take a sports broadcasting class, which if you can't tell, I get really I get a little anxious being recorded and being on camera and stuff like that. <laughs> it's not unique for photographers. Um, but uh I I decided to try that over winter session in which winter session here, which used to be a really useful tool for students was I took a fashion photography class here too, as well. Oh, which is a very unique thing that many schools offer, but Keith taught that class too. And that's another place I learned a lot. That's that. huge. But I did that the year before during winter session. And this winter session, I decided I was going to do sports broadcasting because I thought, okay, I could be like Dick Vitale or something like that. Not <laughs> probably lose my hair like him one day. Yeah, exactly. You know, I decided to um, uh, try that. And then again, kind of like the art history class one day in when I was like, oh, I can't do this. (laughs) You know, it's just too much. I don't like hearing my voice, all that stuff. And um, I was like, all right, you know what I need to do? I'm going to go to the Missoulian and ask Kurt for an internship. (laughs) And I walked in the door. And this at this point, the internships are only for credit there. Okay. Um, and I walked in and I said, Kurt, please let me come intern for you this spring or something like that. I think I emailed him first or something too. And he said, yeah, come on but I, I pretty much walked in there and asked him for an internship and he said, okay, start in a week or something like that. And I was like, all right. And then I, that, Boom, I think it, check one checked off the box. Yeah. And that's pretty much where I started, you know, and I, the summer before I did something at a local weekly that shuttered too. And she was great to give me an opportunity. Also, I feel like I want to give all these people, you know, there's been a lot of people that have helped me. It goes without saying, so if I forget someone, please, you know, if you're listening to this, no, I like care for you. And <laughs> Tommy okay. apologizes now. up yeah. front. <laughs> yeah. But, but this is kind of how I got into the newspaper track of things. And I was working there in the, um, that spring there was a huge avalanche here in town. It was, it was a pretty big deal nationally actually, but it, in it town out. or outside of town? No, in town. Um, there's a couple of mountains that are behind me where I'm sitting right now, Mount Sentinel, Mount Jumbo. And, um, I do not have that problem here in Fullerton. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a unique thing to Montana. Um, but that year we had a lot of snow that winter going like the last week in February, first week in March. And this is like the first like big assignment that I remember happening. And my, the people I was working with there, the guy um, that, you know, I ended up taking his job. Thank you, Michael. Um, <laughs> at one point he, he, his partner at the time was battling cancer and she was out. Um, they were in Seattle or something like that. So I was kind of helping fill in that week and this avalanche happens and um, you know, people's houses get taken out and I was kind of like interning, but Kurt would also let me string too at the same time. Okay. So I was, 
that week I got to cover the app, got to, but I was able to witness the aftermath of the avalanche and the day before, I think they cancel class, which they never do. Wow. As a snow it's um, so it was, it was really bad um, those two days. And that, that's kind of like the first time I remember photographing breaking news, serious breaking news event. Um, and that, that was kind of like when I started realizing, okay, breaking news and sports have similar vibes. And then by the end of the semester, I, th- I was still stringing with him, stuff like that. And I decided, all right, well, I, I actually had in the back of my mind that I wanted to be, I might want to work at a university because I understood there was a niche. Like, universities are very stable, good right. benefit, stuff like that. They and don't relocate. Like, they don't, you know, exactly. they don't close. Like, centers. Yeah, they're, they're not, you know, they're stable institutions for the most part, and they're not going to close. Yeah. <laughs> so. That was in the back of my mind, but I knew the kind of work I was doing at the Mazillion was highly fulfilling. I loved it, um, you know, despite some of the challenges that you just mentioned. Um, and I thought it would be the best way for me to um, get experience. So when I was about to graduate, I was, wasn't really getting much luck. I, you know, I interviewed for a job in Helena. I didn't get it. Um, and then I applied for a job at the Muskegon Chronicle, or, or internship, excuse me. Muskegon Chronicle, and I applied for an internship at, the, at Virginia Tech. And I was out of school for a month already, and I was kind of bumming around with my cousin in Colorado. Getting nervous? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do, man. I, I, I was going to, like, take headshots there, you know. <laughs> I was just basically living with him until I figured it out for, like, a month. It was three weeks, and then some mid-June, almost a month after I had left UM, I get a call from... Um, Virginia Tech and the Muskegon Chronicle in the same week. And I ended up getting both internships. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do? <laughs> oh, boy. And I was like, I went from nothing to like kind of like a, like a look at it like a fork in the road. Sure. So if I would Virginia Tech, I don't know where I would be right now. Um, but I ended up going to Muskegon. And my, my boss there definitely – uh, saw something in me too, kind of like Keith did. I think I'd like to think because there, I was the second choice for that job actually, which is funny how things work because this just happened with one of my interns here recently. But I wasn't the first choice. He got to Muskegon and was like there for a week and he quit. He's like, I can't do this. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Oh, was he the- from Hawaii and he couldn't all of a sudden handle it? I mean, <laughs> but that's whatever. Done. Yeah, I mean, Muskegon. You think Montana is cold? Muskegon is way colder than Montana. Just yeah, saying. I'm sure it's rough. <laughs> but I, he was there in the summer. So I, I don't really know what happened with that guy. And I, I don't know him. Um, and, you know, it was so long ago now. I don't really remember the story all that well. But I remember. But you took to it. Yeah. I remember him telling me that, you know, the guy left, you know, I want someone who's going to be dependable. Are you willing Are you willing to come come out here? And I said, I talk, my grandpa lived in Ohio at the time. And my grandparents, my grandma still lives there. And uh, I was like, all right, this is three hours from there. It's an hour and a half from Chicago. That's where my dad still lives. My parents are separated. Um, and uh, I think this would probably be a good spot. And I, I know that M Live specifically, I did a little research on them. They were really good at, you know, it was demanding work, but specifically Michigan photographers. And there was a lot of people actually from UM that went through Muskegon. Um, okay. as it's, uh, so there was that lineage also, which I learned from Keith and Jeremy here. 
Um, but that's kind of what led me to take that direction. And I thought I would just get more a variety of experience, which would be better for me in the long run. And looking back on it now, I think that was probably pretty smart uh, of me because uh, I, I did learn a lot of different things working at a newspaper. And I think that's just the most amazing part about being a photojournalist at a newspaper is you can go from a house fire to a portrait to a high school basketball game, you know, nail-biter type situation, and then, you know, get to do it all over again, totally different, meet all kinds of people from different walks of life, and it really kind of cultures you and, and teaches you how to be a better human, I feel like. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So that, that's kind of how I ended up in Muskegon, um, and I spent 10 months there. Wow. So, that's good. That's that's a good, long, nice internship. Yeah, it was a year long, um, and uh, I think uh, – where was About, your growth? Where did you see things that you got better in? Oh, caption writing. Okay. All right. And you know what? Yeah. You you roll your eyes when you say that, but people don't realize how important that is. It's, if, taking pictures, you got to be able to make good pictures. But if you screw up a caption, I mean, I'm sure I'm going to make some of my old boss's eyes roll when I said <laughs> it's taken me a long time to get really good at it. Um and I'm still learning how to get better at it, but you got to figure out what works for you, I guess. But mm-hmm. that was one thing I knew I was really weak at. It was a professor here at UM who's really good at grammar, and she still gives me shit about this. I walked into her <laughs> office like a month month left in school. I'm like, you got to teach me how to be a better caption writer. I, I'm not going to get a job. You know? Yeah. <laughs> now you're asking me for this? Jesus Christ. You Where were you this. my sophomore year? Yeah, yeah, and I was like, writing has never been something I'm good at. You know, it's kind of like math for me too. It's like never, but I knew I had to get better at writing. Mm-hmm. It's taken years, so that's something that I definitely like. Even like in the first couple months, there, I wanted to start the an Instagram for the paper. So that was like right when Instagram was like on the cusp of being just like a, you know, kind of something. Like yeah, like you know, at that point, to I could see it being important, and I was like, we need to have this here. Um, and my boss was like, well, let's get your captions better before you do anything like that. I remember I was at home and he, was, he sent me that text. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. And the, but, you know, I, One I, thing I, at a time, young man. <laughs> yeah, it took me a few months even. And I, it was an interesting road, um, honestly, Matt, at that paper. Because um, I was there for three months and then I ended up getting sick. Like I said, I had Crohn's. Um, and I decided to go visit my aunt and um, well, she's not my biological aunt, but I grew up with her my best friend's mom um, and my dad in Chicago. And I walked into her office to visit her with a pizza one day. Cause you know, we love our pizza being from Chicago. I can say that. Yeah. Chicago, excuse me. Um, <laughs> and I walked into her office at university of Chicago and she looks at me and she says, what's wrong? Are you not feeling well? And I'm like, eh, I haven't been feeling super great. And I think over the course of the last year at school, you know, Crohn's is a stress-triggered illness to some degree. Right. Uh, I, I noticed some problems, but I didn't want to stop. I knew I had to keep pushing. Kind of, you know, I, I didn't want to give up on like stop the train. And then, but when I got to August that of summer of 2014, I, there was a problem, and I ended up having a pretty serious uh, abscess in my my bowels, and I had to go home. And my mom lives in Nashville. I got I got pretty darn sick, and luckily, um, my uh, my boss at the Chronicle let me go um, home and get a surgery. I had to have um, um, a resection, basically, where they cut out the bad part of your right. bowel, connect the two ends back together, and um, 
yeah, it was it was a pretty bad situation. Um, frankly, I, I'm lucky that I, I didn't ignore it. And I think if anyone's listening to this, if you're not feeling well, go get checked because <laughs> it's not worth um, that kind of situation to be put in. Um, and I'm very lucky that I had some really supportive, well, obviously family members, my grandpa, uh, my mom, all that, but my my coworkers at the Chronicle being just an intern there for like 60 days, they could have just said, you know what, let's just end the internship now. And I, you know, I wasn't perfect yet. I was making mistakes. I was, I, you know, I wasn't like some gunslinger coming in there. I was learning. Right. Um, you had growth still. Exactly. And he was lucky. I was so fortunate that Ken Stevens said, go home, get yourself fixed up and then come back. We'll hold the internship for you. And, um, I got the surgery and it was, you know, I didn't realize how bad I was feeling until afterwards. Um, and I was kind of on the mend. And it got to the end of October because it's like an eight-week recovery, basically. Wow. And I'm on my way back to Muskegon, and I get a call from one of the editors. And he goes, where are you? I have some bad news for you. And I think, shit, I'm, I'm going to let go. I'm like, I'm at my friend's house. I, he went to Purdue, my, my, my best friend, uh-huh. you know, the, the aunt. And, he said, and I go to, the, to his sunroom, I think, at the time. And he goes, Tommy, I want to let you know that um, – Ken passed away um, and he uh, he had an aneurysm in his doctor's office uh, earlier that day. So but it was just the, that was incredibly challenging because Ken Stevens, I have a picture of him over here. Um, I still have this. I keep this um, framed uh, like uh, people can't see this, but I just, he was such a huge, um, part of the community in Muskegon and, and he mentored and helped grow so many photographers. And when he passed away, it was just, I didn't even know him for that long, but it was such a, it was already hard a couple months with the surgery and stuff like that. But I was like, Holy shit. Yeah. That's a major thing. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was really. And then, you know, me and another intern at the time, I think her name was Andrea. Um, I don't think that was her name. Um, we, we basically became the two photographers for the paper. Um, and I'm still learning. And we, you know, I don't know if you know anything about M Live, but they're hubs. And I just like, it, it was just, um, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of at a loss for words for it. Cause I, I don't really tell the story all that much because the folks that I worked with in Michigan know it. And a lot of people probably know about it happening, but it was really a huge blow to the photojournalism community in Michigan. Um, it was, and, it was big. I do remember it. Yeah, you do. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's the one thing that's kind of interesting in our community is it, it is very small. It's not like, I don't want to belittle them, but I don't know how many drywallers know each other in Florida and know the drywaller maybe in, you know, Vermont, but in the photojournalism community, it's separation of like, I might know this person that knows that person that definitely knows Ken. Yeah. Yeah. And it it, it all comes back. It's a very, there's, I don't know, six degrees of separation is probably too too many numbers. Right. And unfortunately, I've traveled enough in my career that if you know you go to Texas or if you go to New York, you know somebody. I mean, I was there the I was in Chicago the day after they let the whole staff go at the sun. Time two. Oh my God. It, I'm at the I'm at the Cubs game and it was like being at a funeral. Every yeah. everybody in the photo well. I'm 
I'm with the angels and I'm sitting there and I'm happy go lucky. I had no idea. I completely missed it. I missed it on the flight coming in. So I didn't hear the explosion. They're all sitting there going, we lost 28 of our friends are now unemployed just like that. And it's just like, boom. So yeah, the community is small. Things like that that happen are really, really amazing. Yeah. It was, um, it was wild. Um, and it just goes to show you, you know, you really don't know how much time you have. And I, I've always kind of had an idea of it cause it's just, you know, I've, I've had a chronic illness my whole right. life. Yeah. There's something you're battling. Uh, yeah. But that is something that's totally, you know, a freak thing. You know, you had two kids, it's just like, uh, it made it, it was awful. Um, but it was another kind of thing that helped, you know, helped me even though it was awful, I know that I wish he would have been there, but I kind of look back at, then it kind of became me doing it for him, I guess, in some way or another at that point, like trying to make him proud as cliche as that is. Right. No, but it it means something. Yeah. And then I had some great mentors that came in. I'm sure they would have been in the picture either way, but you know, Kendra Stanley Mills, who's at Grand Valley university right now. And Corey Morris, who's the you know photo editor, um, whatever the position titles are now at Grand Rapids, I mean those two came kind of swooped in, and you know me and Andrea were the local photographers. But the, if those two wouldn't have like helped mentor us, me specifically, and only speak for me, um, I, I really, you know, I, I think I would have not gotten nearly enough out of that internship because it's like you know I was at a point in my career where I wanted to be a staffer but I needed, I needed help still. And I needed to kind of have someone push me. And those two were unbelievably patient and, and graceful. And they lost their mentor too, because they were on staff with him. Um, you know, him and Greg Dorsett and all those folks there. Uh, it was just, yeah. I mean, Muskegon was, has a very rich history of photography too, much like the Missoulian. Um, and that, that's something that, you know, I've always kind of looked back on and with Ken and the people that came before him. I just have always I always have tried to research who came before me, I guess, where I'm, wherever I am. Yeah. That's important. And that's a they, good thing to do. You yeah. Know? They picked the way for you. So you better know who they were yeah. um, and what they did to get there. So yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of how I got, that was my first paid internship out of state. And that's kind of how it went. And then come March, I was lucky enough, you know, and there's some, there's some things that happen in between that I wish I there had a couple internship opportunities. I still look back when I'm laying in bed at night. Like, that was, <laughs> so close. That was, I wish I would have been so focused on getting a full-time job, but <laughs> I was, and it was, there, everything happens for a reason though. Right. So I ended Absolutely. up applying for a job at the Wyoming Tribune Eagle in Cheyenne. Um, and I got a staff job there and I ended up leaving the paper before the end of my internship would have been in June, which you know, I, 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 part of me wishes I would have stayed the whole time, but I knew, like I said, I was really focused on getting a full-time job with benefits. Um, right. It's decided, important. Exactly. And I decided to take that staff job and leave early. Um, and that was hard too. Cause I, I made a bunch of good friends there that I'm still friends with all these folks, um, whether they're in San Diego or in, in uh, Grand Rapids, it's, I still talk to them as much as I can. Um, but I, I moved on um, from there in March of 2015 and then I was at the, my, my boss at the Wyoming Tripping Eagle, Michael Smith was a former Getty photographer. Um, and he, uh, or maybe it was all sport at the time. I can't remember exactly. All sport. 
yeah, he was he was there in like the late '90s, early 2000s. But he um, he definitely shaped a lot of my style, I guess, in shooting sports specifically. Okay, type, like kind of thing um, backgrounds. You know, Coulter always says he hears your voice in the back of his head when he when he's shooting <laughs> background, background. Um, but I hear that too. Um, and he and that's kind of the place where I got like the foundational. Like you need to focus on these things. This is where you're weak. And he was a really tough boss. Like total bang his fists on the desk. Want to get it right? You know, we're and there's another photographer there named Blaine, who, who definitely took me under his wing. And this was a really unique newspaper at the time. It felt like a very old newsroom because they flew me out for an interview, did all that stuff, which I thought was really bizarre because at that point, I, I, hadn't, I only had done phone interviews. Zoom really wasn't even a thing. No, yet. no. That's or, old school to fly somebody out. Yeah, they flew me out for like a day and a half. They took me around the town. I met every, I interviewed with everyone in the newsroom. You know, they took me out to dinner. I mean, Cheyenne was close to my family there I have in Colorado. So I thought that would have been a, a good fit. And it was. Um, and then kind of like how we mentioned earlier in the podcast, um, uh, Adams Publishing bought the Cheyenne paper and they ended up pretty much gutting the photo staff and there's one photographer there now i think but it kind of turned into a a pretty good photo history too i mean there was a guy who works at the denver post there now won the pulitzer for the um shooting at the movie theater in aurora Mm -hmm. Um, but you know that kind of really good talented photographers have come through that newsroom too and i've always kind of like i said i like to keep my eye on who's been there before me and look up to them and try to you know mimic what they did and be like take a piece of them and carry it with me. Sure. So then it's a shame though. It's a shame that some of those beautiful, small town newspapers, I'm going to call them small because it's obviously not the New York times or the Miami Herald or whatever. Yeah. We're, 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 are, are being lost. It doesn't matter if you're in middle of West Virginia or Idaho or someplace in Ohio, that, paper meant something to the state of Wyoming Mm -hmm. and for them to gut it down to basically a a piece of toilet paper is so such a disservice. It's absolutely just disgusting. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's still one photographer there. I think, I mean, I kind of lost track at this point, but um, yeah, it it changed dramatically. And that's just the, you know, symptom of the, the business, I guess, in some ways there's some papers that's not the case still. Um, but it, it, even at the Missoulian, it's changed um, here in town, and that's just that's just part of what's happening. And it's super unfortunate. You're right, um, and I know there's still people there working. It's not like it's right. falling basically. It still exists. There's some papers that are closing, and they, and they haven't yet. And I think there's 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 still a lot of the people. Some of the people I worked with are there, but yeah, it's changed. And I kind of saw the writing on the wall. I guess when it came to June, July. And it also helped that my former boss here gave me a call and he, he kept an eye on me, Kurt, um, while I was working and, um, there and he, he liked the work I was doing. Cause that's, I think that's the most important thing, right? You gotta be right. doing good get people's attention. How um, was Wyoming for you? Man, Cheyenne, um, was, you know, I don't know if you know anything about rodeo. I do. Yep. I've been there. Yeah. So Cheyenne frontier days, was easily the biggest sporting event I've ever covered. Okay. Um, 
It was crazy. I mean, that, that was awesome. That was a hell of an experience. So that was definitely one of the, the high points. I mean, I still have a clip in there from, from, uh, from my time there, you know, and I think some people don't like the background in it, but I like that picture. Um, so I, I've chosen to keep it in the portfolio for now, but um, I think uh, definitely while I was in Wyoming, it was very windy in Cheyenne, which it's known for. Um, and I, I, for, for me personally, it, it was where I probably made the biggest strides um, as a photographer, um, specifically in sports. But generally speaking, we, we had to find one piece of wild art a day there. Wow. Uh, sometimes two for both the A and the B cover, okay. which is, and I don't know if you know anything about Cheyenne specifically, but it's, a, you know, there's a military base there. Mm-hmm. And then otherwise there wasn't a whole lot in Cheyenne. They were kind of suffering from brain drain and stuff like that. That was a lot of the stories we were working on as I can remember it off the top of my head, but the average age of the town was like 75. <laughs> so um, I think I was like 22 or three at the time when I got there. So it was really, it was, it was kind of a tough place to be a young person, but that was a, I pretty much buried myself in work for those six months. I had some visitors come and hang out with me, but I, and I would go down to Colorado a lot, see my cousins, but you know, that was, it was a little bit lonely. I wouldn't be lying to you. Okay. Um, I, I buried myself in work and I think I really, especially when I saw that my former um, colleague at the Missoulian retired, Michael Gallagher, Um, He'd been there for 30 plus years in June. You know, I I knew that that was coming and I knew that, you know, in the back of my mind, I knew that the Missoulian was a place I might want to be at some point. So I was really driven um, to, you know, work hard, super hard um, and learn from the people I had there. And then, you know, Michael Smith ended up leaving the paper in July too. So there's all these things that kind of happened um, that, prompted me to leave a little earlier than I would have liked. Cause there's no, there's no circumstance really where I'd like to be at a job six months, frankly. How um, big is Cheyenne as, as a city? Cause it's really on the border, right? It's pretty close to Colorado. You're like 90 minutes from Denver. Um, yeah. It's really close. I can't remember. I think it's like 70,000. Okay. And a lot of it's from the base. So right. I don't know how many permanent residents there are um, off the top of my head, but you know, between Cheyenne you know, the closest place city to go is Denver, which is close, but we were kind of like the hub for, you know, the closest big city in Wyoming after that was Casper, which is like two and a half right. hours away. I think I can't remember. I mean, Montana is a way bigger state than, than Wyoming. So you could drive nine hours here and be in the same place, but that felt like really far away. Right. <laughs> at that right. Time. So, but we covered that, you know, kind of that bottom South, east corner of Wyoming quite a bit, you know, Pine Bluff area, stuff like that. So I got to see it in a lot of things. And I would have gotten to cover UW football if I would have been there long enough as well. Um, But I I didn't make it long enough. Did you you cover much of the base experience or was that kind of off limits? No, I never, we never got into that, that, you know, as you know, that base is focused on nuclear weapons. Right. Yeah. So we did, I didn't get to do much on there. You know, you saw some, some activity related to it, but Effie Warren was kind of on, the outskirts of town. And then, you know, there was nukes all over that part of the state. So it, um, it definitely, you could tell the presence was there. Um, sure. I, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. And there was some, like I got to photograph Ted Cruz while I was there, okay. stuff like that. You know, There's there some more political figureheads that came through town, I think partially because of the base and stuff like that. So there was a little bit of that influence. Um, but other than that, you know, I never got to go and photograph a missile silo or anything like that. I okay. wish I could, have, right. been, but, um, yeah, I didn't get to do a lot of that work there. 
So when does, you know, the calling to come home happen for you to come back to Montana? You know, real early, like June, I think Kurt reached out to me, or maybe early July. I can't remember, something like that. But it was Michael retired about then, I think, or maybe a little earlier. And I don't know if you've heard anything, but the, the Missoulian has a pretty long storied history with photography, um, starting in Topeka, Kansas. Um, but that was always something that, you know, I bought into right away at the Missoulian. Kurt was always so passionate about photography and stuff like that. And I knew it was a place I didn't really think I would ever get to come back here. Cause it was such a, a prized staff job. Cause no one, I mean, I think between the three staff photographers, they'd all been there for 30 years. So Jesus. it was like a hundred, almost a hundred years of experience between the three of them. Um, and they had some people come and go, I think they had four staffers at one point and stuff, stuff like that. But I never thought I would be good enough to to get that job at that point. But, you know, one of the things that I'm always telling interns is like, you know, you got to be liked. And I think Kurt still likes me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I think that's one thing that, you know, I, I got along with the guys really well and I really liked working with them. And that definitely helped get me in the door here. And I knew when I was leaving, I wanted that job and I wasn't very shy about telling Kurt that I guess as an intern and he just told me told me work hard and stay in touch and that's it's all you can do exactly yeah bust your ass get better and we'll find you yeah and that and that you know I have had I've always tell people I have lots of dream jobs but that was definitely one of them um and actually working at you at the U too I I was always badgering the the photographer Todd (laughs) on the sidelines who, who he retired in June too this past year. And that's kind of where I'm in this job here. So I like to ramble a little, yeah. but, but anyway, um, but I think it was June. And then I interviewed with two people for that job over the phone. Um, and then by early August, I think he made me an offer. And I was like, you know, at that point I was, I was kind of settling in here. I was doing good work, but you know, my, the photo editor at the paper left, I could see they're going to get bought by Adams and, you know, knowing their history somewhat and stuff like that. I was like, eh. and then plus there was the whole thing. Like, you know, I had a good group of friends in Missoula still. I had, you know, the staff was a good supporter, a bunch of mentors for me. And I was kind of going to, you know, no offense to Blaine, but I felt like I wasn't going to get as much attention um, that I could and get the like tutoring direct hands-on experience every day that I could get from Kurt, Tom Bauer, you know, Michael Gallagher. And you know, there's a very small tight knit photo community in Missoula too, that I was connected to. And I thought, all right, well, maybe it would be a good move for me considering the purchase and all that stuff. And, you know, I thought at that point too, I wanted to go back to school, which I might still, cause you know, obviously we get those great U benefits. I get tuition for free, but it's part of me. <laughs> doesn't want to take the GRE, <laughs> but you know, that was played into the equation too. And I decided to, you know, I, I got a dog, my first golden who's still around with us, Nala and Cheyenne. And I picked her up and we rented a U-Haul. Some friends from Colorado came up, helped me pack it up. And I drove up here with her. And by uh, mid September, I was in Missoula and covering Grizz games again. Wow. So, Just like that. Yeah. It was like 18 months. I was away, which felt like an eternity at the time. I was going to say a lot happened to those 18 months. So, I mean, that's, yeah. that's not like, Oh, it was just a blink of an eye. There's a lot of stuff that went through you. Yeah. I think I, I definitely grew up a lot in that time period. Um, I kind of have always been an old soul. If you can't hear, <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I guess, but um, I, I definitely had a lot of, you know, between the surgery and Ken, Ken passing and um, all that stuff. It's just like, I, and then moving twice, I'm, you know, I didn't do it on my own, but, you know, with help and people and, and all that, um, I think it, it definitely helped me grow up. And when I got back here, I, I settled in quite a bit and I ended up being at the mausoleum for four years. So is it now when you're working at a place you went to college at, you know, and, and you're familiar with it, is that an advantage or disadvantage? So like what I'm asking is, were you still willing to explore or were you taking advantage of like, Oh, I know the great spot for the sunset photo where mm. if you're, new in town you're running around like a chicken with his head cut off going i gotta find this gotta find that gotta find this i think i had a little of both okay um was it you know like i said i felt very lucky to get that job and i knew i i felt like i had something to prove okay just like i always do i still do um but uh i, I felt like you know I, I couldn't be complacent and luckily you know kurt and those folks there always were you know kurt wasn't Kurt was kind of the opposite of my boss in Cheyenne. He was very direct. Kurt would kind of be like, oh, this is what I would do, you know, type stuff. Um, not, not as direct, but, you know, he's like the guy, you know, like you want to you want to go out and impress him, you know. And I knew that going and doing the same things, because I interned there too. So I, I kind of already knew the vibe and knew, knew what to expect and stuff. So I, I definitely, there was some advantage, but I was also gone long enough. So I felt like, I, you know, I missed it a lot here. And I was excited to be back, and I had a little bit of that fire um, again, and I, I wanted to push myself and go and see things I hadn't been because an old my, friend, an old lover, back again. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. So it, it would, Missoula is like a very unique place, um, I'd say. I'm sure a lot of people have heard about it, and it's like river runs through his base here, but it was filmed in Bozeman for some reason. So <laughs> that. <laughs> that kind of thing, you know, there's all that element of it, but there's also lots of walks of life and the university's got, you know, lots of people. And I felt like I could do a lot of things um, coming here and that kind of translated to my work, but specifically, you know, I, I was right from the get go. I think what helped me get the job was my sports work. And, you know, I started right in the middle of football season. So that, that helped too, but it was always, there's always a hustle and everyone always hustled really hard at the Missoulian and I wanted to do it too. So did your sports stuff get better in those 18 months you were away? Oh yeah, for sure. Thanks to Cheyenne mostly, but Muskegon too, because we had some. Now that's interesting. You say Cheyenne, what, what was, I mean, there's rodeo. What was, was it the high school sports or what was it in Cheyenne that clicked your sports a little bit? It was the Mike, Michael Smith. Honestly, okay. his he, he yeah, he helped me a lot, especially with studio lighting. Again, he, he was one of the people too, that really, he taught me the word portrait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, and I always had a little bit of interest in that, but he was really good at it. Um, and, uh, and that like studio lighting techniques, you know, location lighting, that stuff. So that part of my, my skill set grew, but he also kind of taught me how to crop, how to tone, how to, you know, do different things that way that helped bring my because i already kind of had the reflexes i guess you could say okay but I, I didn't really know how to execute and what to look for and he taught me you know like details backgrounds all that kind of stuff and that that definitely you know i had some of that at the Missoulian, but um you know you just don't like that's why i knew when he left i kind of wanted someone that had that experience had that 
know, years and years and years of doing, doing it every single day um, there with me. And Blaine, like I said, Blaine had that too, but you know, when I came to Missoula and I felt like I, you know, I had never used a 400 before I got to Cheyenne either. Wow. So, yeah. And Missoula didn't have a 400 for a long time either. I was running around 300 games in a converter. So it, it definitely is. That's something that, you know, a lot of smaller papers didn't have access to in Montana. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's huge too. And the school didn't have one either. So it definitely is something that, you know, I got to learn how to use at first at Cheyenne and then later in my career with the Missoulian, we were able to get a 180 to 400, um, which isn't quite like a 2.8, but it helped me um, grow in that sense too. And just learning all that stuff, I guess, is how really how I got better at sports. And you know, you never you never done until you're retired, I guess. So <laughs> absolutely, sure. um, because it's it's interesting when you don't have those tools, whether it's a a 300 in college or a 400 at your you know, internship or your small newspaper. And then, you know, you get somewhere and then all of a sudden they give you a 600 and all of a sudden it's like looking at the world through a straw. I've never used a 600. Oh yeah. So I would love to, if you want to sell them up here. <laughs> all right. I'll come up in September. We'll shoot some football. Oh yeah. I would love to. We, we did just get a, a new lens here at the U that I'm very. What'd you get? With. We got the new Nikon Z um, 400 2.8 with the converter on it. Oh, the built-in converter, yeah. Very lucky they let us buy that. Um, yeah, that's an expensive piece of glass. Yes, it is. It's not quite like a 600 f4, but you know, I'm hoping that it'll be close. And then when the time comes for me to use one, um, I'll, I'll have a little bit more of the the eye and the experience for it. But I've been using it to shoot basketball, and that's been wild. So yeah, yeah. yeah That'll but separate yeah. the men from the boys real quick when you're working <laughs> with that thing. Oh yeah, it's cool. It's it's a very cool piece of glass. So we just got it. So I'm I'm kind of just foaming over it still. <laughs> <laughs> Wrapping it up like a baby at night and turning oh, out yeah. the lights. Oh yeah, no, see I you in the morning, sweetheart. Yeah, I put it to bed last night. Tucked her in. <laughs> so you do your four years at the at the newspaper. The you know your starting point and. At, at there, do you feel it was coming to an end or was the opportunity at the university just too great and it pulled you away? A little of both. Um, you know, Kurt decided to retire um, in the spring of 2019. And I, I think, you know, there was some changes coming at that point too. The writing was on the wall. They wanted to, they, they've been shrinking photo departments in the state. Um, and I think he decided to hang it up early. Um, on his terms. Yeah, on his terms. Um, and I think it, he was kind of at the point in his career where he was ready. I don't want to speak for him. Um, sure. But, but... I, that, that was the vibe, more or less. Um, so at that point, you know, that spring, I thought, you know, what is the long-term plan for me here? Because I could, you know, hang on and become the photo editor, potentially of just myself at some point which I did love the work. I love the crew over there still. I'm good friends with all of them mm-hmm. or I could, you know, look for, you know, kind of take and this when I going back to the beginning, I guess in, when I got that uh, opportunity at Virginia tech, I thought, you know, maybe this is something that would be good to come back to at, at some point, you know, when I have the hard skills and I felt like, you know, I, I did have them at that point. Okay. And at least where I could feel like I could go someplace like the U where we had a smaller staff and maybe not as much of um, 
what do you call it? Uh, I don't know. We they have one photographer here historically. His name's Todd, and then there was one guy. I think there's only been three staff photographers in the history of the University of Montana. Jesus, so, that's it. Yeah, they don't leave their the people don't leave this job either. <laughs> right. Awesome. I mean, I, I I'm guessing a lot of it too is. You know, your guy from Florida is not going to apply for that job because it's going to scare the hell out of him. Exactly. That's part of it. And, you know, once you get to Missoula, if you like it up here and you like the outdoors and you like the, the quality of life you can get, it's hard to leave. Right. What's um, the town? 35, 36, 37? Or are they a little bigger than that? Metro. I think like Metro. Right. <laughs> like in, in town, I think we have about 75 or 80. Okay. That's totally and awesome. I think I think the county is 120. I mean, we've had an, this is a whole conversation, but there's been an explosive growth here since the beginning of COVID and remote work has become acceptable more than norm. Oh yeah. No. Um, So that, that's changed Missoula a ton. Um, But that, that's kind of the size of the town. So it's a really, you know, it's a nice place to to live and work and grow up. And it's a great place. Western Montana is a great place to be a photographer. Um, So that's, part of the reason why you know folks of the Missoulian have been there for 30 30 35 years right why leave exactly same with the U um and that but that's kind of you know at that point I was starting to think about what's next and I was already kind of dipping my toes and you know I knew that was coming and looking you know I, I wanted to do something that still had a lot of sports if not only sports involved at that point um and I had some opportunities and sniffed around some things but this is ultimately, you know, it's all about who you know, right? And I had mm-hmm. some big connections. Carrie Schimmick at the university here saw that, you know, I could be a good fit. And Todd Goodrich, um, the longtime photographer, he was here for 32 years or something like that when he retired last summer. And, um, yeah, kind of that summer came around. The VP in the department was like, we're going to get you over here. And I kind of just was a squeaky wheel and ended up getting a job at the U and followed 2019. And it was really tough to leave the Missoulian Matt, though. I, I still... I miss the hustle a lot of days, you know, sure. it pushes you to be better. You're um, sharp. You have to be sharp, but a small paper that, like that, what was your average assignments in a day? Three to five? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So, that keeps two, you sharp. Five, I mean, I think the, the most I did in a day was six or seven, maybe I can't remember. Right. But it, it was, it, we hustled. Yeah. Was, you're on your toes, man. You're shooting, yeah, you're shooting food at a new bakery. You're shooting an event with the mayor. You got a high school, you know, game. I mean, you're running around all over the place. Yeah, and we cover Western Montana and a lot. And Kurt was a big advocate for covering farther out. So you know, when we had presidential visits, we got to shoot that in Bozeman. You know, we, we go to Bozeman and we go to up to Glacier to shoot things a lot. I covered the forest fires up there. I mean, the amount of times I've been up three in the morning to go drive somewhere to shoot. <laughs> But, you know, it sounds painful, but when you and it does suck waking up that early, but I I have fun. I was cursing getting up in the morning, of course, but it was like, you know, driving and and being on your own and like going to like a forest fire or whatever it is. Um, Okay. So here's an interesting thing that I I think if you don't live in it, people never been to Montana or understand it. And you were fortunate enough to have schooling there and you worked there. Like, what kind of what kind of car are you driving? What's your gear situation? What's your clothes situation? Getting up at three in the morning, you're you gotta pack up a meal or something because you might not be back for another eighteen hours. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like you know, working in Riverside out here where it doesn't matter if you 
oh, I forgot to bring the chains or I don't have my snow tires on or, you know, there's a McDonald's right around the corner. So it doesn't matter if I, I just grab a Mc, you know, whatever. I mean, was that something always in your head? Like what your vehicle was and what your day-to-day life was like? Oh yeah. Um, well, luckily I have a very paranoid mother. Uh, <laughs> I love you, mom. But she kind of beat that stuff into me growing up and my grandfather too. It's like always be prepared especially for For the unprepared. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, especially where they lived in the Midwest snow was a huge factor at that point. So I wasn't not unfamiliar with that part of the weather out here and visiting my uncle. He definitely prepared me super well for this. So I had a lot of the clothes and he, he funded like a lot of things, gave me a lot of, I'm like the same size as him. So (laughs) it, it helped, it helped a lot having, you know, warm, you know, clothes, waterproof, boots stuff like that you know always having a shovel in your car you know especially in the winter and i think the thing that's unique about montana even if you do get into this shit there's someone will probably help you here right which is a very unique part about montanans in montana um you can't you you shouldn't bank on that but it's it's I, i would feel much safer asking for help on the side of the road here, um, I guess. And not to say there aren't good people everywhere, but you know what I mean. That, I that, know exactly what you mean. It's, yes. it's very true. When we yeah. were there in June, uh, for six days, it was the nicest damn group of people ever. My wife never felt like such you know, love and comfort from a community. We were in Ennis. We weren't even in a oh, big yeah. city, right? And these people like, totally took us in. <laughs> that's awesome i love yeah. that part yeah it's it's definitely um but yeah the gear i guess so i you know i have a little suv but okay. at first I, I had a volkswagen golf i was driving around um so it had snow tires on it and all that good stuff but i definitely got stuck a few times <laughs> and, and things like that and that's where you know the help part comes in someone come pull me out or something like that or you know I was in a fraternity here, so I, I had a lot of good friends that, hey, Kyle, come, can you bring your Dodge and come pull me out? Um, <laughs> ah, God yeah. damn it, Tommy's stuck in the snow again. <laughs> right? Yeah, totally. But, yeah, that, that kind of thing, um, being always having it gear-wise for photography, you know, it gets cold here specifically in the winter. <laughs> and now, I guess we'll get into more stuff about this later, but like having extra batteries, even before mirrorless cameras were a thing, I think just having your stuff charged, being prepared, having hand warmers, hat, you know, don't walk out in a pair of Nike dunks and, and into a avalanche. Right. Right. I mean, did you carry when you were working at the paper, like a kit in the car or did you just get ready before you even walked out the door? A little of both. Okay. Um, I always had some extra stuff like water and things like that in the car too. Um, but I had, I knew I would always try to prepare the night before with what I thought was going to happen. And then I would have extra stuff in the car for what I didn't know was going to happen. And I still do that. Um, but it, uh, that definitely helped me um, when, we, when I would go far away on my own often or with a reporter um, that, that, that stuff, you know, I never really got, into a situation that was super dire, luckily. That's preparation, though. That's good luck and preparation, right? I mean, exactly. You know, it's just like a picture. You know, you can't. You're not going to get it if you're not ready for luck to happen. I guess. So. Now you're fortunate now being at the university. You're not like driving 180 miles to go cover an event. Everything's really what 90 percent of your life lives on the campus. Typically, you know, we do do some stuff that's out of town and things like that. But, but you're with the fun. kids when the kids go yeah. or the faculty goes, you go. 
typically. Yeah. yeah. You're not chasing yeah. snowstorms anymore and avalanches and stuff. Unless the AP calls. Uh, <laughs> no, um, but I, I, not not historically. It seems like I'm always in another place when they call me to ask me to do stuff like that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, that, but that's, that's but the, the life, right? That's just how life. it is. And I'm, I'm in a catwalk. I'm sorry. I can't come down yeah. and shoot something. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I photographed homecoming and homecoming football game today. And there's a, there's a train crash up by Joplin, Montana. And it's like five hours away. And they call me, they're like, can you leave right now? And I'm like, I'm going to die if I fall behind sleep with the wheel, you know, and it was, <laughs> it's like, you know, I still, so I'm lucky enough to freelance still. Um, and that, that's been a very cool. That's blessing. crazy. That something though is five hours away. That's not even as far as you can go, man. Right. Up to Glasgow, I mean, you're in the car for 10 hours and still in Montana. Jesus Christ. The huge state, and there's all, like, it's very different, like the west and the east side of the state, geography, geographically wise, they're very different, and the the types of people live on both sides are very different, and it's, everyone's nice. But And you guys, I mean, you guys have what I would classify as little freeways, Especially like mm-hmm. when we were in Bozeman, we flew in and then went to Ennis and then it's mm-hmm. immediately onto a highway. So you don't have like what I have, like as getting on the five, the six Fine lanes land. across and carpool right. lane and you just drive 110 miles an hour and pray. I mean, I miss that a little being from Chicago because I wish people would drive more with the purpose here. Sometimes my wife's always on me because I still scream at people when I'm driving <laughs> around. So I like to drive. <laughs> I want to get to where I'm going. You know, I'm used to the mountains now. I'm just kidding. Right. But it definitely is. It's, it was a change coming out here. Um, and for a lot of that stuff, it's like, like you said, I can't just walk in and grab food anywhere at any time of night. Um, especially early, sometimes early in the morning, get a little luckier. Um, but you know, I had to be prepared. Um, and, you know, a lot of that was thanks to Kurt too. And, and those folks for kind of helping me like when there was some flooding and Kurt gave me some, some, you know, knee high boots to, to wear and stuff like that. So right. A little prep for the kid. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely was. I have a lot of help, man. I mean, that's just, that's part of the, and I hope I get to return the favor to lots and lots of people, and I know I'll do my best too, but that's just, I think that's the business, man. Right. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, never have to say, I guess, that I didn't help people because I was helped a lot um, to get to where I am, and I'm sure I'm going to help a lot to wherever I'm going, whether it's here or somewhere else. Sure, always. When you become a uh, a Grizz again, ta- how? I mean, we don't want to crap on Todd, but was there a situation where you came in and you went like, "Oh boy, I got a lot of work to do," or did Todd leave it in a good place, and then you're just going to tweak it to your kind of style and personality? Um, because every photographer you know works totally different, and even doesn't matter if it's a mad genius and a great, he could be a times four time Pulitzer winner or. A, 30-year mm-hmm. staff photographer at SI, everybody comes in, they got a little bit of a different personality in the way you work. Yeah. Um, Todd was a very good photographer in some rights, and he, he still is, I'm sure. Um, but, yeah, there was a lot of things that needed to be fixed, um, and I can't take credit for fixing everything because we had another guy here named Andy Chemist that that helped get the you know photo shelter database set up um, and did all that before I even got to UM, which would have taken me a ton of time. And I'm deeply appreciative of him for that. So, but yeah, Todd basically was kind of more throw shit on a hard drive. And, um, you know, he had a way of being able to find everything, but that doesn't help someone down the road. Right. Uh, 
type thing. And luckily the Missoulian taught me a lot of really good archiving. And I'm still like, that's something you can just do and learn forever. I feel like being, getting better at dam and managing your files and stuff like that. It's always, you know, thank God for photo mechanic and stuff, but like they didn't use photo mechanic at the university. They didn't, you know, photo shelter was new even then when I started. Um, so having Andy there and that stuff built in already when I got there helped a lot. I think what, you know, when you leave a, a paper and go to a university, you still have that like, you know, hustle. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I, I think Todd had worked at the youth for so long that he didn't was, was it's tough, you know, sure. When you, even when you're working at the Missoulian or I'm sure other newspapers, you, you start, and that's what I have mad respect for Kurt and those guys. Cause they would go out and make everything look new again. But then you go to a, a school on a campus, you know, we, I think at the most we had 15,000 students at one point and the campus is 200 acres and you pigeonhole yourself to that size of a space with that, the, the amount of things that are going on might be limited in some ways or another. Yes and no. Right. Um, that's when I kind of feel like you really have to take the hustle and, and apply it and sustain it. Um, and I think at the point where Todd was in his career, he was kind of slowing down and, you know, rightfully so. Um, it, but I came in and I was ready to freaking bust my ass. Um, Good. And that's what I want to do still. And I yeah. still do it. Um, but it, it uh, I think that was definitely part of what kind of, I think I opened some eyes maybe. I hate saying it like that, but. Um, but I, no, I just, but people, it's very true. And I have that very same experience at, at Dominguez. Like people got comfortable. They, they yeah. understood the way Todd worked. It worked for them because it was happening. They were getting their images. You bring in a new guy who's got a much more, and there's nothing against Todd or just, it's just, yeah. it's new your flame was hotter and it might've been in a different direction. And they're like, wow, we had no idea. Holy crap. This is great. Let's do it. Yeah. And I saw like the U is a way, and I have like one of my great mentors at Montana state, my kind of equivalent now, Kelly Gorham. He, I talked to him a lot about taking this job before I did. Cause you know, one of the things that I've always been very keenly aware of is, you know, Western Montana and such your opportunity, like I've kind of said, your opportunities are limited here in some ways. You can't go out and shoot pro level sports consistently. At least, you know, you can't, there's not as many things to kind of prove you've got what it takes to make it to the next level. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was concerned, you know, I would keep continue to make myself just like, you know, a lot of people here that I wouldn't be able to push myself and I didn't want to settle into a rut, but he told me, and I think this is one of the reasons I took the job is that UM was kind of like a blank slate, blank slate. I could take a lot of the things that I love and I'm good at apply them here and it would be very valuable. And I think that's been proven true for the most part. You know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not some wizard. I have everything figured right. out. Um, but I, I, I definitely feel like that has been true for the most part. And I've gotten to take a lot of stuff that great things I've seen other people doing athletics and non-athletics at other schools like Texas A&M, for example, I know, you know, Craig, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that and taking little pieces of what I've seen them doing well and start to work it in and do good work here and hope to be a fraction of what they are one day. But I'm hoping that we can build a team and a staff and, you know, have um, the kind of pedigree and, and, and structure to continue to have a great team here for long after I'm gone. Right. You always want to build a better mousetrap for the next guy. 
Exactly. And that's, that's what I'm hoping. <laughs> that's funny. Better mousetrap. <laughs> <laughs> are, are, are you, a, are you a member of UP? Is it AA? I yeah. yeah. I just joined uh, recently and I'm trying to get us all on there. And I've been guilty of not entering the clip competitions to, uh, uh, consistently enough, but I think that's been a great resource. And I kind of got turned on it through those guys at BYU. Yeah. Um, they're huge. They're, I mean, they're so good. And you it's can like, see great work on there and go, wow, I had no idea. Okay. That's how I'm shooting that. Or I'm going to try this or oh, I'm going to, you know, yeah, there's some great stuff on there. Great place to get ideas and inspiration. And I, I've looked at UPAA for a long time, but it's kind of, I've gotten a lot of support in the past year and a half from our new VP and, and the leadership team here to kind of grow myself and the team. And um, I don't want to sound like too much like a company guy here, but you know what I mean? But it's hey, just... no, I got a great boss. I joked with her during the interview process. I'm going to throw it out right here. Myla Edmonds, I told her during the interview, as I was interviewing her as much as she was interviewing me, I said, yeah. where were you 30 years ago in my career? I, I might have won a Pulitzer by now. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, it's always nice to have people, especially in the leadership position ahead of you, that understand what you want to do. And they totally. say go and we trust you. You're an adult. We, we we're bringing you in because of this, not, well, this is how we've done it historically. And this is the way we want to do it now. And we'll think about it in the future. No, if, if you're, if you're bringing in somebody to make a change, let's go for it. And that's yeah. all you want. Yeah. And that, and, and I mean, I'm, I think I've gotten a lot of opportunities at UM specifically. And it's, it's just funny because this is like the place that gave me everything I have. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I, I'm not going to lie to you. I've had some opportunities to, to move on here at some specifically in the last year and a half or so. But I feel very dedicated to want to continue to finish what I started here. And I'm definitely closer than I was a year ago. Um, but, you know, when I first got here, it wasn't like the place wasn't in shambles, but there was definitely a lot of work to be done. And even my first boss, Kayla Har, she, she really supported me and encouraged me. But then, you know, when she decided to move on um, and some changes happened and we got Jenny Petty here, she has a lot, had a lot of, ironically, she came from Wyoming too. <laughs> it just, it was small little things like that. I mean, I didn't know her by any means while I was there, but she was at the she, university of Wyoming. Wyoming yeah. Okay. So she's a cowgirl. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. And she, she, she's a podcast queen too. She's, she definitely does a lot of these. I asked, I talked to her about doing this before. Cause I, I, I don't know, man, I, I don't like being the center of attention. <laughs> either. I'm like, you know how photographers are either. And she you, said, you, go for it, Tommy, go for it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and, but yeah, no, but I, 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 like I said earlier in the show, I was like, I want to make sure that if I'm missing somebody, please don't be offended, but <laughs> I, I definitely am. We'll put it in the credits afterwards. Sure. Yeah. I'll send you 2000 words. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I, um, I definitely feel like I've been given and been continued to be like just either whether it's from gear, people, you know, emotional support, you know, being encouraged to take time for yourself that to put the camera down, um, which is something that, you know, I would never thought I would think was beneficial growing up or, or coming up earlier in my career. Um, you know, that kind of stuff in the past year and a half is all stuff I've tried to focus on, but I've also, you know, think that, yeah, UM has been great and great to me. Um, well, so you started like literally what, right before school started? I started like right at the end of 
fall. So I started right before COVID actually happened. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. So, yeah, okay. So football yeah. season's ending and you're, you know. There's... Yeah, so I started the season. Yeah. I'm a sports junkie. is no secret there. But, you know, I, I started the season working at the Missoulian. And then I finished it working at UM. So it was really weird. I went from being the newspaper photographer that everyone knew to now all of a sudden I'm the, I'm the university photographer, one of them at that point. How so, was that starting that job as things are contracting? Contracting at UM? Yeah, just getting smaller. You know, you know, are, everything's online or are kids going home? Or what's happening? Okay, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, did, that happened. I started here in November 2019. Okay. It hadn't started yet. You know, we went to the playoffs. The end of the semester happened. I think that was the first year there was a winter commencement or something like that, but they let me go to the playoff game at Weber State. Thank you, bosses. That was fun. <laughs> and I love shooting commencement too, but it was it was kind of like Todd let me go do that, so that was awesome. And then they started, you know, the guys in the sports department let me travel with the team, which we still do, which is a very unique thing to UM, I feel like. Um, but then um, – Winter came along, you know, it was quiet, which is weird. It was, it was an adjustment for me for sure. Cause I felt like I needed to be running around doing everything, like everything all the time. And I still have that instinct in me too. Cause if I'm sitting at my desk, like I feel like I need to stand up right now, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt used to say, he's like, if you should like, I used to like to make my space really nice. And stuff. he's like, you shouldn't be sitting there for very long anyway. So what, why do you care? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> office is out there. And I still, I still think like that. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of was adjusting and stuff like that. And then February rolls around and we start hearing rumors and my grandma calls, I'm skiing in Idaho with my uncle and she's like, are you hearing about this COVID stuff? Yada, yada. <laughs> and I'm like, whatever grandma, you're just being paranoid. <laughs> it's like my mother, <laughs> love them both. Um, but, uh, my uncle and I kind of roll our eyes and I remember that so vividly because we were there for my wife's then fiance. I got engaged that winter too. A lot of great stuff happened. It's hard to like keep it, keep it all in, in track here. Um, but, um, and then I March rolls around and I'm like, Hmm, shoot the end of the basketball season. I wasn't traveling with the basketball team to the tournament at the time. Um, but my counterpart in athletics and video went and that's kind of when shit started and hit the fan, you know? Oh yeah. March, 12, 13. And I'm like, Oh, oh this is, that's when I'm like, okay, maybe my grandma isn't being paranoid. <laughs> um, and that, that, that was weird. Um, that's when the stuff started getting really weird. And, you know, I was, I remember sitting on the floor of the former videographer in our office, cause our, we can get into this later, but canvas is split between athletics and marketing kind of, but I'm like a, uh, the photographers are like a bridge between the two. It's, it's a little interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sitting on the floor in our, my old videographer coworkers office, Bree, with, and I was running the helping run the Instagram at that point and, and Facebook pages and stuff like that with, with these folks. And there's all these crazy questions coming in. And like, that, that was the point they said, we all need to go home. Like students aren't coming back after spring break. And wow. I think we, we answered like 900 que- like questions on social media from people. We just sat there for like half the day, like answering people's questions and stuff like that. Not in my job description at all. Um, and it, that, that, that kind of stuff is stuff I wouldn't have learned at the Missoulian for sure, um, managing platforms and stuff like that. But um, 
it definitely, and I'm, I don't have a desire to go back to it, frankly, because it's very demanding work that someone that someone else that has way more experience than me should be doing. <laughs> but um, I, I, that was when it really changed, and it was I. I think you you were probably working on a canvas then too, right? It was like, well, what do we do now? Like, I can't. Photographers don't work remote, you know. No. Nope. <laughs> You know, and I, I, at that point too, I'm, I'm on a, a drug also called Humira that limits my, what my immune system can do for Crohn's. So I had that element too. Um, like if I do take pictures of people, how close can I get, you know, stuff like that. It was it's just thinking about that now. It's just like so crazy how, how much stuff has happened in the last three years. Um, and it was wild Like, And that was all in my first year. 2020 was like my first full year at the U. <laughs> Talk so, about being thrown in the deep end of the pool holding an anvil. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was wild, man. I, I, I like, I, I still feel like I haven't wrapped my head around everything that happened that year. But you know, it, you just, I think working in newspapers too, it just makes you learn how to adapt to situations easily, and that's kind of what right. happened for me. Um, and I, I definitely grew some that year, and you know, worked. Um, what I could, um, there was stuff started happening kind of in May here. And then in the summer it picked up and, you know, we got married in June. We had a, we eloped. Um, and, and it was, it was just a wild year, um, for the lack of better words. <laughs> tell, tell me about the bridge from athletics to the marketing communications department. How do you work that out? Because a lot of times those are separate. You know, you got your athletic photographer and you got your university photographer. Yeah, it's it's different here. Um, and, you know, I, I think that historically speaking, the school has only had one photographer. And how it worked was basically the athletics department would pay our department a percentage of Todd's salary. Okay. Uh, and then over the years, it's just like the amount that what athletics demands, social media specifically. Right. That's changed, that's changed everything. So, you know, I being aware of that have kind of been more of a vocal, you know, we should do this because it's good for the school and all ships rise kind of mentality. But it's, it's, it is a dance, uh, for the, frankly, because, you know, there's a lot of things that don't support the mission. And, you know, as at the university, like chewing 100 recruiting photos, you know, might not directly support the school, but it also, if we get a killer athlete, and fill the football stadium up every every Saturday and get ourselves on national television and win a national championship because someone loved their recruiting photo. Yeah, right. But, you know. Right. No, I, so I, I've always kind of tried to be an advocate of both sides, show that we can do both. Because I, I, for me as a photographer and for, you know, UM specifically, we have a very storied history of athletics here, and they're very interwoven. If it was any other school – I feel like it might be a different case, but yeah. we, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people think when they hear Montana University of Montana, the first thing they think of is football, frankly, and the, and that is a lot of what you know. I've been privileged enough to let it cover for both sides of the house, um, and and a lot of things we do work on together play nicely. Like right now, I'm working on a, a special uniform that Nike made for us at the end seven games. Um, and we have some Native American heritage games coming up, and it's a very unique thing to us and, you know, like the Phoenix Suns and some other teams mm-hmm. that have gotten these uniforms. And that's a good example of how, you know, the school's ties to Native American culture in Montana and basketball and all these things play together. And I think that's 
you know, an example of the bridge that, you know, I, I like to see and play off of, because I think for me, sport is just such a powerful thing. Um, and a lot of people's colleges experiences, they come here for that, but, you know, along with, you know, we have great wildlife biology program and other things in that realm journalism for Pete's sake. So it's, um, I think that that really is why um, I'm so passionate about keeping it together. Um, and, how, and How was it being a part of, I mean, it wasn't at your guys's campus, but you guys were a part of it is having ESPN Sundays, you know, or Saturday come to, you know, and, and cover and they, that game. How was that? Man, that, that morning was brutal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you call your cohort over there at Montana? Is it Montana State? Is that oh, yeah, Coulter. Yeah. yeah, Coulter Peterson's at Montana State now. He's he, he's a staffer there. Okay, so um, you call but, him up and say like, "Hey, uh, I'm yeah, coming! Well, I'm coming to the game." We actually stayed at his house. Um, <laughs> me and the, the, the you people stayed on the floor of his house that night because it was like that game is already the brawl. Of the wild is already. It's like one of the oldest rivalries in the country, so it's it's already um, a big you know production. And really hardy hotel room. Then you add that gas on the fire. It made it really. And, and you know, a lot of you are pretty, people are pretty salty that they went there because we made this huge push to get them to come here last year for the 120th for all the while. I mean, I love that rivalry, and like we're always giving each other shit. They I'm just liked giving... 121 better, and it just happened. Yeah, to yeah, cat's so. house. I guess so. You know what I mean? It's um, but I I think that that was it, it was a totally you know I wish we would have done better in the game, frankly, and that a lot of people do but it was a really interesting experience. It was really, really, really cold that morning. Um, you know, I, I, yeah, it was the, I thought the TV guys were going to die. I thought they were gonna have to defrost, you know, half of them. We get them out see of all them. the heated things they had on underneath the desk. <laughs> I could, I mean, it's, it's like, we're all running around and Sorrells and stuff. And it was like, you know, negative six when we woke up at five in the morning that oh, day. Oh man. It was not, it was, it, it was not like looking back on it. It was a great experience, but that's one of those things in the moment. You're like, Oh my God, I just need to get these pictures <laughs> and, and get in somewhere warm. But it, it, it was a long day. I mean, I think we, we drove to Bozeman the night before crashed at Coulter's house. Thank you, Coulter. And then got up at five with him. We all, I rented a minivan and we all drove to campus and um, me, the videographers and our photographer that we just hired here, Ryan, um, and we got to uh, got to campus, started shooting the thing, went to nine, basically went to the stadium, edited some of the stuff, got it in uh, into photo shelter, and then got to uh, the game, shot the game, and drove back to Missoula. And I think it was like a fifteen hour day. Whoa! Uh, yeah, yeah, it was a long day, and it you know it would have been great if they could have won, but you know what. <laughs> That's why they play. You that know, place must have been rocking though, right? That's a great game oh, yeah. to cover. Oh yeah, yeah, it's always super fun. I mean, I I, I personally am biased, obviously, to sure. having the game here because I think it's it's much easier logistically wise for me to deal with. Um, so I'm selfish in that sense, but it, it's definitely um, it's something I look forward to every year. It's like one of those things where it's like you put a lot of pressure on it. Like this is the game. It's our Super Bowl. It's Montana's Super Bowl. So. It's it's um, for sure an experience, and that just added more to it. Um, so that's always the best. That is mm-hmm. the best when you've got that kind of like interstate battle. You know, like Nevada's got it with Reno and Vegas, and you guys got it. And those are like so 
just like both towns just come together and just want to clash. I'm sure that week okay. leading up to it is just bonkers. Oh man. I mean, I, I've seen <laughs> the look like, on your face. Like, yeah, it seems like it's very stressful. Oh dude. Yeah, it, it, it can be for sure. I mean, like it's, there's a lot of pressure on us to win that game and vice versa. And you know, the cats have been getting better lately, um, but we own them. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but historically speaking, but it's been a, in the past years, it's just like between like, not just on the field, but the two schools have really been duking it out. Cause when I got here, we were by far had the enrollment edge, everything like that. And it's kind of flipped. It's gone back the other way. They have the enrollment edge now. They, you know, stuff like that. But when you you say the enrollment edge, is that just more people or, or more more students right now? Okay. Uh, and, you know, a lot of that's due to STEM. And, you know, we, we were founded to be the liberal arts college, you know, stuff like that, research institution. And they're the, the land grant, you know, engineering, you know, agriculture school. So it's always kind of gone back and forth. And, you know, people want to be engineers right now, kind of like we talked about at the beginning of the show. But, you know, they might want to be photographers, too, eventually. So they should come here. <laughs> um, but, it, you know what I mean? It, it, uh, that, that, so that there, they, in the past few years, and that's a big part of why, you know, I want to come back to UM from the Missoulian too, is I thought I might be able to play a little smart, small part in helping get the school back to where it was yeah. when I, when I was a freshman here and people I mean, were that's sleeping. kind of your job, right? You're, you're creating images to promote the university. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, that's why I'm, I'm so dedicated to shooting sports along with doing everything else we do too. Cause I think they all play hand in hand and it's all part of the experience students want to come here for. Now, how are you? Because there's one thing when you're a newspaper photographer, you don't touch it's hands off. You're a fly on the wall. You're just capturing images, mm-hmm. but now you're wearing like this historian hat. Mm-hmm. You're, promoting the university you want to show them a good light um are there images you take that you know will never see the light of day but you have to take them for historical purposes even though you know it sucks you guys lost you don't always end with the win like has was that a bit of a change in the hats you wear yes definitely i am i still struggle with it some days honestly it's it's i want to always tell the story of whatever i am wholly and truthfully, I guess. Um, and so, and it's not that I don't with my job and I push to no matter what, even if it, you know, might not, I feel like it's always better to be truthful and honest no matter what, because I feel like people see through bullshit. uh, So, you know, frankly, yeah, it, 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 but it is, I do take photos that I know will never see the light of day. I took several this fall. It's just the way it is. And, um, you know, I got a, they're the ones paying my bills at the end of the day right now, frankly. So I got, and it, and I'm supporting the edu- like the, the place that educated me too. So I, I keep the, it, it's helped. I feel like if it was for a school, maybe that I didn't, I don't know what to say about that, honestly. Cause I, I am, I'm really dedicated and prideful in whatever I do, I guess. So is I it, is it tough out. because you are an alumni as well? So yeah, and you, you know you're you're now been in Montana for a long enough time. Where mm-hmm. is it hard for you to just go? Okay, I take the hat off, and I'm I'm the marketing communications guy, and you just put on those blinders, and and it and I'm sure if you if you travel with these teams, if you're around these athletes enough, hey Tommy, how you doing? Hi Rick. Hi Carol. Hi Gary. Like you start to know them, and so there's that weirdness where you're like, I'm going to have to shoot you when you lose and I'm going to shoot you when you win. 
Yeah. Right. I'm exactly. not always just Tommy, the happy go lucky photographer. I've got a job to do. Exactly. In air quotes. Yeah, no, I, I had to do that on Thursday night. I mean, they lost a heartbreaker to Weber state at home in the, la- in the last five seconds. And I still shot what I thought would tell the story of the game. Um, and I, I put some of the photos on my Instagram and I encourage the folks that work with me to do the same for other stuff. You know, it's, it's a little different with sports because I feel like you lose, you lose. It's a well-known fact. Um, right. You know, there's other things in the job that I have taken some getting used to where it's like, you know, sometimes the school isn't doing so well and, you know, I want to, you know, I, I wish it wasn't so, but that's the way it is. But, you know, we got to do the best we can to correct that. Um, and I think, you know, for the most part, things have been on an upward trend while I've been here. So there hasn't been any really unfortunate stuff because there, there was a, I'm sure you heard about the scandals that have happened here and with the, you know, the book that John Krakauer wrote and all that stuff. I don't even want to bring it up because some people probably kill me at my job right now, but it's the truth, you know, this is, that's just what happened. And that's kind of what sent UM on the, the downward spiral, spiral, spiral that we were on for the past 10 years. And now things have kind of leveled out with the, the president that I really like. He's a good dude. He worked in Chicago for a while too. Um, and it's just like things are turning around. So I haven't had to deal with that as much as like maybe Todd did. Um, but Todd was always the university photographer. So I don't know how I would have dealt with it at that point. Cause it would have been hard to work here and watch all that stuff happen and you know, all the bad press and things like that. And, you know, missteps that the university may or may not have made at that point. Um, that kind of thing would have been, it would have been challenging um, right. to be on the team then. Right. But that's, but you know what? That's, it's also kind of, the newspaper guys would have looked at you and been like, damn it, you're on the inside. You can make yeah. all these images. So it's the, yeah, I'm sure it wasn't great to be, uh, you know, Eric Draper when he's got to shoot George Bush during September 11th. He might have rather been Eric Draper, you know, still working at the newspaper. But the images he got to make during mm-hmm. that horrific couple of weeks of dealing with what he, we had to go through he got unbelievable access images and you're inside the bubble of that access where the other newspaper guys are going, Oh damn it, Tommy, that was son of a bitch. You get to see the president in those moments and the chamber and the council. So that's kind of how I'm looking at it at Dominguez. And I've got a great president that's allowing me that access. Totally here too. I think, um, I think that that's one thing that when, when you asked me earlier, what are some things like maybe I wanted to do better? That is exactly because you know, I'm a big fan of Pete Souza okay. and, and all that, that style of work that you're bringing up right now, being a fly on the wall, having that mentality, being there to document history. And I think, you know, Todd did a lot of that, but I like to think that I'm a, a persistent enough where people expect me to be there now. Mm-hmm. expect us i want them to expect a photographer to be there now for all the important moments and being one person before we're a big enough school there's enough stuff happening you know like i kind of said too it's like it's a small pond but there's enough stuff going going on between athletics and everything else that we do having one person didn't make that possible in the past right i mean you've got multiple departments so many things going on try to cover all in one day good luck you know, multiple majors and, you know, 13 sports and um, all that stuff. I mean, we still can't get to it all, but like what you said right there resonates deeply. Cause I, I do think, you know, even during COVID I got, you know, to be around the president when he was making zoom calls, which doesn't sound that glamorous, but I, I got to be the only one who was in the office with him at that point. Right. You know, stuff like that where, you know, 
a newspaper photographer, me, when I had the Missoulian hat on six months, four months before that, may have not gotten to do. Um, so building that in, and I think it also helps my counterparts at the paper and wherever else, just having the expectation that, you know, good photography matters um, and it helps the university. Um, I think that's what I've really tried hard to show. And I think people bought in for the most part on campus. So, yeah, that, you know, it's funny that photo, a president on a zoom call in 2015 just looks like a guy playing solitaire. Nobody knows what the hell's going on. But now you take it. And even if you can show a couple of those faces on the monitor, now it, it immediately puts it in a historical context. Like, oh, Zoom call. He was isolated. He might have been talking to uh, a state legislator. Anything going on. You never know. Like, those are the, you have to be in those rooms kind of moment. Definitely. Yeah. It, um, yeah, I'd like to do more, of course, always. It's like, you know, you're making my, my wheels spin and think, like, what, what should I be doing today? And you know, the state <laughs> legislator is going on. Um, well, but it, it, are, are you how are you with, you know, and this is a personal like inner look at yourself. Are you really good at, at making relationships or is that something you're still working on? Because it's one thing when you, you're dealing with a Dean of, or a president of, or a vice chancellor, like all these name titles. Can you walk into that room and make them comfortable enough within now you can make some images of them? Or is that something you're still working on? I'd say I, I, I pride myself on being pretty good at getting people to open up and like me for the most part and okay. making questions. So that's, I think that was one of the things I realized early on in my career that was a strong suit of mine, um, you know, and I'm persistent too. So, and I think people see that I care and I, I truly do. Um, and that all those things add up um, that I've, I've really worked hard to become good at networking and, and, you know, be a, a people person. And to my own fault, sometimes it's hard for me when I feel like people don't like me, just like nobody doesn't like to be liked. Right. Um, and I, I want to be the guy that people come to and, and, and get along with and all that. So, yeah, I feel like I do do that pretty well for the most part. You know, nobody's perfect. Um, there I have days where, you know, people think I might be a turnip, but, you know, it's just. Um, I, I'm I, just I Tommy with the camera. I got to make a picture. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think that, you know, people at this point where I am ever, a lot of people, if not most know who I am on campus and that helps, you know, have a little bit of a lore, I guess. I don't know. what. what No, but it's, it's a, it's a big thing when, if they know, Oh, Tommy's coming, he's going to cover, you know, this event. Oh, it it elevates. And then, and then, then you get credit, you know, Oh, you showed up. Oh, thank you. God. That's so wonderful. And then when you ask them, Hey, do you got any students? You working on this? Can I go on your field trip? They they immediately go like, yeah, totally yeah. want to have Tom there. Sure. Yeah, definitely. It helps. And it's, it's tough too. Like on the opposite side of that, it's hard for me to say no sometimes too. It's like, I would love to come to everything that people want me at. Cause you know, like, you know, sure. not everything makes a good picture. So that's one thing, you know, my new job being the manager, it's like, I, I have to kind of decide and I like, we all know what would make a good photo and not most of the time. Right. Mm-hmm. It, we're always surprised, but it's, that's something, you know, I have that kind of status that you mentioned, I guess at this point, people know who I am and I want people to come to me when they have ideas, but sometimes I have to say no. Um, and like, you know, I can't say yes to every single banquet and stuff like that. You know, we right. can't do 
like that anymore because it's not a good use of the university photographer's times necessarily or xyz we already booked for this week so yeah it's you know having like um, a sense of that is is really you know it's, it's a good learning experience um but yeah i've i've to answer your question, I feel like I have. Now you've you've mentioned that a couple of times. The title manager. Have you expanded your department so now there's multiple people you're working with? Yeah, we have. Um, so when I <laughs> I got the team speak, but it's true. I feel like there's no you're nobody without the people in your life, and whether it's at work or at home. But I, I definitely feel like I've gotten the opportunity to expand our team here, um, and I wanted right from the get go. I kind of was like. I guess a go-getter. So I was like, you know, I want to do these things and, you know, expand and grow. And, you know, I kind of saw that, you know, Todd was winding his career down and I thought, you know, I, I, I will always have thought it might be fun to be a photo editor, but I, I don't want to give up the camera side of things. You know, I don't want to ride the desk. Right. Um, that's one thing that I've always like, you know, there's a lot of work to be had in photo editing and stuff like that, but I just love taking pictures. So, but anyway, um, yeah, I did get the opportunity this fall. They, they promoted me to be the photography manager. So, but what kind of came with that was we had a long history of internships here, which again, were unpaid, which luckily our new VP was a huge supporter of paying interns, which I love. I absolutely love Jenny Petty support that. I think it was That's a huge. great step forward because right around when I started the, um, this job here shortly after the Missoulian cut their photo internship, um, cause it was paid after I ended up graduating. Of course they ended up having to pay cause some law changed in Iowa or something like that. So they, <laughs> it was illegal or something like that for them not to pay interns anymore, just get credit. So I, I but from the get go, that was the first thing I, I went to her and said, you know, I want to kind of start a photography department here. We, the campus needs it. We cover enough stuff. We, we need a direction and we need a team of people to kind of, um, and we had some of the pieces in place, you know, Andy and Todd and stuff like that, but it just wasn't, we were all over the place. Some people were doing traditional marketing work. Some folks were, you know, only focused on certain things. It was just not concise. And, and you know, I think she allowed me to kind of, and I'm still figuring it out, obviously, but focus and, you know, this is what we're doing. This is the kind of work that we're going to do, whether it's athletics, you know, going out on Tuesdays, the first day of class stuff like that. But she wanted me to get some experience leading people. And, you know, I, I helped mentor interns at the Missoulian too, being a staffer. It wasn't one person doing it there. It was like a team thing. So I, I saw the value in that. And she wanted me to start off with a, with an intern. And I hired our first paid intern last summer. So I, okay. I teach summer camp here too, for the J school. Um, and I met her there and her name was Kennedy. And that's kind of where it all started. Um, and now we're on our third intern um, who's starting on Tuesday. Um, and that's, I got that person on board. And then when Todd retired, they let me replace, uh, him with a new photographer, Ryan. Um, and then Andy decided to move on to other ventures. So now I kind of have this new team that that I'm leading in as of November. (laughs) (laughs) So it, it definitely is fresh and new, but I kind of feel like I've been like preparing and waiting to do this. And I'm very lucky that people see that I are, have given me the chance to prove that I can do it. And that, um, yeah. And then we got this new photographer, Ryan from Bend, the Bend Bulletin, which has historically been a very good photo newspaper, as I'm sure, you know, um, he just, he spent 15 years there, 13 years there and decided to come join me here and I can harass him every day as he, he knows. So, I like to have fun. 
That's um, good. That's good. I think I've tried to breed that into the people that are here. It's like, you, you can't not have fun at work. Um, and we're lucky to work in an environment that supports it. So, right. Where are you tapping in for your inspo? Where are you looking and saying like, Oh damn it. I like that. And I, I want to try that. Or they can go to hell. Damn it. That's <laughs> that. What, where are you picture wise or um, yeah, anything visual, anything like, you know, it could be, it could be movies and you could see some kind of light. Like, you know, you just talked about you were in your trip with Europe. I mean, were you gathering inspiration there? Was I was running around, you know, just I, I I started out taking pictures of buildings a lot too. So that was always like when we were in Europe, I was taking pictures of all kinds of architecture, which kind of like stoked that side of me again. I was like, oh yeah, this is I used to do this all the time in downtown Chicago. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I might have to get a glass of water in a second because my voice is getting a little hoarse. But uh, I think, um, yeah, there's a lot of people that inspire me and work that inspires me, man. Um, I don't even know where to start. I mean, I kind of mentioned I mean, Craig Besaker at Texas A&M has been a huge inspiration for me for a long time. Um, I think he's, he does great work. We're similar in age. He's got the same kind of hustle and drive. And I just think he does amazing work. Um, you know, Getty photographers, I can't even list all of them, but I, I'm very lucky to, you know, have had, I met a guy named Justin Sullivan. You might've met him. Mm-hmm. Bernie yep. Sanders rally here. He, his news work and just him as a person and stuff like that, you know, that, that is, I've always tried to tap into his eye and see, like, think like, what would Justin see? Um, you know, that, that kind of, man, it's, it's a hard question to answer because there's so many people that I, and Kurt at the Missoulian too. I mean, it's just like, he would take a moment that would be nothing somebody and come out, go look for wild art, come back with this amazing picture of a bear falling out of the tree. <laughs> oh, that happens every day in Fullerton. God, I get that all the time. <laughs> but, you know, or even not that obvious. Like, you know, he'd be driving down the street and see a, a cop getting lemonade from a little kid yeah. and make it an amazing moment for someone, you know, you wouldn't think to stop and do that. I'm like, oh, it's just that. But he, he always took the time and, you know, worked everything to to its fullest and worked hard, man. Um, who else? I mean, there's like Chris Johns. Um, from National Geographic. I mean, his, his work, you know, go on about him for hours. Um, there's just, there's all kinds of people that, you know, not just sports that have fed and, and Michael Gallagher. Was, I, you know, it's, it's hard for me to answer that question in not a rambly way. Cause I'm well, a, okay. Do you, do you watch movies or film and see maybe like a scene of light and kind of yeah. want to maybe, or do you go to bookstores or, or, or are you a internet cruiser and, and look at I'm, stuff? I'm for sure. I'm for, for sure. An internet, you know, Instagram kind of doom scroller when it comes to photography, that's all my feet is basically. Um, but I do like documentaries specifically when I've been a disciple of, I guess the past several years that it's been airing is last chance. You. Okay. I really love that show. Um, and I think the way it's shot, the narrative, uh, all that stuff just very much resonates with my style of looking at things when I was at the newspaper and in general, I like I liked that kind of narrative and like the, that's why it, it's, it's, that show is a perfect example of why I like sports so much. So yeah, but I do get a lot of inspiration off Instagram. Um, and I did, you know, living in Chicago, I, every time I go visit my buddy Omar, he gets annoyed with me because I always want to skip through all the painting parts and just go to the uh, photography section in the art Institute <laughs> But, you know, all that, all the, you know, there's tons of 
amazing photographers that have come out of Chicago too, obviously. And I grew up, my dad would get the Tribune every week and that was always a paper I really wanted to work at growing up. How's the photo community in Montana? I mean, you got Colton and I think there's Colton works under somebody there, right? Culture works for Kelly Gorham. Right. So is, is it a good community? Like in, for knowing guys and meeting up and getting together? Yes, totally. Um, that's one of the things that, you know, has kept me here as long as I've been, I think, honestly. Um, it, it's uh, very small and tight-knit. Um, there's six or eight of us in town that, you know, I, I hang out with the guy who took my job at the Missoulian, Ben Smith, a lot, um, and Tom Bauer and stuff like that, but I make a point to, you know, hang out with Kurt a couple times a year as much as I can, and you know, Michael and stuff like that. And then, um, you know, one of my really good close friends and mentors, Chris Johns, and he lives here too. And um, we just, uh, you know, I'm lucky to have folks like that. But yeah, historically speaking, it's it's always been very tight knit. And Missoulian specifically, like I kind of talked about Topeka and stuff like that, but that Kurt's former boss, Carl DeVos, who's coming to town next month. And like, this is the kind of thing that happens. Like people come to town and we all get together, have beers and stuff like that's that. That's nice. Um, that, that stuff is what's really fun and valuable about, you know, being here. Um, yeah, and, I mean, and being fo- able to crash at Coulter's house and going, if you were to go to up North Montana, or way far West, like, you know, somebody and they can bail yeah. you out. And I got this, I know that. That's nice. There's nothing worse when you feel like you're the lone wolf and nobody gives a rat's ass about you. No. And there, you know, I, I I definitely have never felt that way. I've always felt really supported and I'm really lucky that, you know, I've had some great people that have always kind of had, had me in their corner and still do. And I like to think that I have, you know, I do the same for anybody here. Right. I'm in our spare bedroom right now, but this bed's always open. If someone needs to use it, it's like, (laughs) It's um, it's definitely a, it's a big state, and there's a lot of you know, there's been a lot of great photographers that have come through here um, before me, and, and I I, I want to continue to honor the traditions and everything that we have. We're lucky Love to the have. state. God, I want to come back so bad. It was it was a great five days. Yeah, anytime you can come, just don't go to Bozeman next time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's where we had to land. Yeah, we were in Ennis for five days. We just landed and in Bozeman to get there from the Missoula. There are some. There, there's there's a direct flight on Allegiant from OC to here. Yeah, no, I, I got a cousin that that's going to school there. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 cool. yeah. My, Miles has he's uh he's in forest management. Okay, yeah, yeah, great school for that. Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, there's not many schools that can say they own their own mountain forest. Yeah, so, exactly. Definitely. Yeah, we talked about it. We saw him at uh, during the holidays, and he 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 loves it. He loves that place. He loves what he's learning, and he's having a great time. Oh yeah, and the forestry school is so good here too. It's, I mean, I'm I'm not one to be cutting down trees every day, but sure, they make for some great pictures. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> are you? Do you put on your radar like field trips and, and external things off campus to, to go make those pictures that you know when they show at the end of the year or the forestry dean comes and says, oh, we need a photo of? I mean, are you out and about on those trips? There are there are things like in the spring, for example, they, they have a controlled burn in that forest that, you know, that teach people how to be, helps teach people how to be wildland firefighters. That's the kind of thing that, you know, is on the map. I haven't done it in a year and a half or so, but it's like one of those things if you shoot it every year, it's the same thing. So you don't want to make it right. 
too redundant, but yeah, we'll see. There's Chewy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there are certain field trips that come up like every summer with stuff going on. We have a bio, bio station on Flathead Lake. They're always up to stuff. I want to do more up there, but it's like one of those things. Summer is short here. Bing, bang, bong year, you know, it's over. So right. um, there are things that, you know, come up. And I think with time, as I've actually, you know, in the grand scheme of things, Matt, I've only been here three years. It feels like a long time, but I'm going to, and I feel like I'm kind of working at the Missoulian and all that has helped me, like we talked about earlier, had like helped me build relations and stuff like that. Cause I was already a familiar face before I even got started here. So that definitely helps. Um, but there'll be more opportunities to come up like that in the future. And there's just staple events that happen every year, like foresters ball, speaking of forestry, that's happening next month. It hasn't happened since before COVID. Um, but wow. they basically take a forest and put it in a gym and have a party. It's a good time. Um, but it teaches the students how to like, you know, they cut the trees down, they, they, they do all the work, they, you know, and then they sustainably do it all too. So it's, it's, it's really interesting. And then there's all these pranks that happen too before between them and the law school, it's just funny traditions and stuff like that. Oh, those crazy kids. Yeah. How is it for you? I don't have this at Dominguez. I've done it though throughout my career is being the, Team photographer for and, and, and traveling with football. How is that at a smaller school, right? It's not Florida, it's not Texas, it's not Texas AM like with Craig. But how is that for you? Because in your state, it's everything. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's definitely, you know, I've been lucky that some folks in the athletic department saw the value of taking me along right away. Cause we used to travel, the Missoulian still travels to every football away football game, which is rare. Um, for oh, papers. yeah. And if anyone from the Missoulians executive staff is listening to this right now, continue doing it because uh, you can't get photos from us for it. I'm just kidding. It just <laughs> means something. It, it does, yeah. And it, it's a huge, like I said, it's like the Montana Grizzlies and the Montana State Bobcats, and whatever. Um, they, they, uh, <laughs> they, they definitely, I just, I know Colt is going to listen to this, so he gets a correct <laughs> out of it. Um, but they, they are, are the state's NFL teams. So they make that has been a, very unique thing I get to do. Um, and it's, it's I would fun. say it's more than that. I would say it's way more than just the NFL teams because it means it means long, deep rivalries. I mean, you're not this isn't Cincinnati and the Browns like Cleveland. Yeah. No, this is way more than this. Way totally. more. Yeah. This I mean, is Mississippi a- State old miss. This is, you know, blood feuds. Blood yeah. Blood. blood feuds. You know, Harvard, yeah. Yale. People I mean, go, really? But that means something. People get really like almost too like recent years. It's been gotten to the point where I'm like, all right, guys, it's just a game. <laughs> Simmer down. Yeah. Like people, like even when I was in, I try not to wear Grizz gear too loudly there, and I'm like subtle about it when we're away. But like people are coming up saying like, "F you, F <laughs> the Grizzlies," and I'm like, all right, guys, I'm just a damn photographer. <laughs> I work but for the university, man. For you too, no. <laughs> Do I look like the punter? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's it's just, it's wild, um, and I think you're right, it is it is much cheaper, but when it comes to traveling with the team, um, it, there's a, it, it can be very demanding sometimes, I mean, the schedules are crazy, and, you know, when we leave, um, I don't know, like, working in a newspaper, you know, deadlines are a thing, but we still have deadlines, and they're more self-enforced than anything because I, I want to get faster and faster and be better and better. Mm-hmm. So that's just, you know, it's, it helps me grow as a photographer. So some of it's self-imposed pain, but the other part of it is 
when you're with the team, they're going to leave. And, you know, we're not flying Delta, perhaps. <laughs> so right. there's no Wi-Fi on the plane. I need to get those damn photos up within an hour of the game ending. So, that so kind of yeah, let's, let's talk about that. Let's get technical. What is your day like covering? Because football is the most demanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What definitely. is your day like? Give me a, give me a walkthrough of game day for you. What's Tommy's hell like? <laughs> An away game or a home yeah, game? Yeah, let's do away. Because home, okay. home is comfortable. Yeah. Away, yeah, sure. you're dealing with hotels, travel, the whole shebang. Yeah. Um, so this was my second full season doing it. So I got a little better at it this year. But basically what happens is we leave the night before. Okay. The game. Fly to, let's say, South Sacks. Dakota, wherever, though. Yeah. Yeah. Or North Dakota State, whatever was the last road game I went on. Um, but that game wasn't as bad as let's let's use South the Sac State as an example because it was a tough game. For uh, <laughs> so we get get there the day before. Usually about seven o'clock is when Coach Hauk likes to get to wherever we're going. I've noticed. Um, I think that's the logic. And then um, we get we get in the hotel. We get settled. I'm usually with the videographer. He's the, the person, either Cody or Austin. Great dudes. Amazing. They're amazing. Um, and we go out and get something to eat, hopefully. And usually, you know, because, you know, we're not a LSU-type budget school. We, we've stayed kind of far away, so we have to figure out where the hell we're going to eat that night. Mm-hmm. Take an Uber to wherever we're going. And then uh, that, and then we, you know, usually turn in some, you know, when I was younger, I used to go a little harder, um, you know, and go out and have beers and have fun and stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah, I don't do that anymore. Tommy's got to work. You yeah, be no, able to focus. I, I pay the price the next day. You know, I don't want to have a headache when I'm running around and stuff like that. And no. Whatever. Um, but, you know, I, I, I definitely get in, get settled, make sure it's, I try to set as much as I can up the night before in terms of code replacements, do all that stuff. You know, we contribute to Getty here. So I, I have another kind of system. I set up all my folders and stuff so I can just pretty much bang everything out as quickly as possible after the game. So the you've next... got something set up with Getty. You've got to get them images. Yeah. Um, oh boy. That's a whole nother yeah. layer of an onion. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, like I told you, it's like, you know, it's all great and I'm very blessed that we get to do that stuff, but it, it kind of, it's like when Todd was doing it, it was not that much work uh, compared to, you know, what I've kind of done to us. And you got a social media team? We do now. First, I was a social media person along with a couple other people. We split duties in the office, so I was doing that, the Getty stuff and, you know, stuff for athletics and, yeah, all that. Jesus, um, Tommy. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's good, though. You, you got to work hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, so Sac State was a little different, so I did some of the work the night before, but it was we have a deal now with ESPN. We're on ESPN Plus instead of, you know, whatever the local networks were, right. which – I've got, you know, mixed feelings about, um, but it's cool. We're getting more exposure, but that night the game was on ESPN two. So it's starting at 8 PM Sacramento time, which is 9 PM our time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have the whole day to kill. So I'm basically putzing around in the hotel, getting stuff ready, you know, but I can do everything I can basically at that point. And then I'm watching football and, you know, watching the Bobcats typically or whatever teams on. Um, and then we go to the stadium about two hours before the game starts and then I'm starting to shoot warm-ups. I, I shoot a lot of travel photos, too. I left that part out, like when they get on the plane the day before, stuff like that, and then I get them off to social media folks uh, in athletics and our department sometimes, too. Fans um, love that stuff. Yeah, behind the scenes, man. Take people where they can't see. So, access, uh, access, access. So, yeah, that, that's definitely um, what's part of 
the, the role description when I'm traveling is I'm shooting photos of the team getting on the plane and stuff. And, you know, I'd love to do more like on days when I'm sitting around, I want to kind of see what they're doing too, but you know, I'm, I got to work up to that point to just get, get that access. And, you know, some coaches don't want that. It's a distraction in some ways. So maybe I won't get it, but I'm going to damn try at some point. Right. But uh, yeah, the day of that sack game, we got to the seating about five, shoot the game, goes to overtime, ends about midnight. And then we fly back immediately after every game. Um, so it's your I charter. Get, so you can do that. Exactly. So we, we, I'm, sitting on the side sidelines because they don't have photo rooms in a lot of these schools that are our size. Yep. You know, when I go shoot a game at Washington, for example, that amazing, crazy <laughs> game. Years ago. Having that photo room there, I was like, Holy shit, I don't have to go all the, up all these stairs or do have my laptop on my lap or sitting out in the rain with a coat over my camp, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> so that. That was a game changer. I wish we could do that here. <clears throat> um, but <laughs> you know, I mean, but, but yeah, I think by the time I got everything out, I pretty much have. The, so the guys leave the field, shower, get on the bus, and we need to be on the bus ready. So I'm pretty much I get I get my shit together and get on the bus, and I'm banging out photos of my hotspot as fast as I can. And I try to get our gallery up first, and then I get as much as I can to Getty as quick as I can. And then before, when I was doing all of our own social media, that was before all that. So that was kind of my workflow. And then I'm, you know, going through and I have all the templates and stuff set up ahead of time. So I'm just going through and applying the templates and punching everything in with coder placements. Right. So I learned that back in Muskegon because it would, anyone who types in their, their uh, team names and rosters and stuff by hand, man, you guys got to use coder placements. You got to use code replacement. Yeah. There's no way I could get all that work done without it. Um, and even just learning stuff recently in the past year where I have, Thanks to one of my mentors in Milwaukee, Stacy. He um, he's taught me how to kind of plug in keywords that, like that make sense for the game too. So I'm not really even writing anything, which yeah. is good for <laughs> jump, just tackle, that. dive, catch. Yep, exactly. So that that's kind of like what I'm doing. And then in that case, you know, we leave. I lose internet service, and I'm still editing on the plane, so I can just put punch upload when I got home at six in the morning that day. Um, and then that's pretty much what it. A travel day looks like it's rinse like and repeat. Now here's yeah. a, now here's a silly question, but I ask because it it does have something, uh, some value to it. What do you wear? Do you dress like a coach, or do you mm-hmm. kind of wear minimal clothes and go black? What do you kind of? What's your attire? I I typically wear you know Grizz gear right um, for games, um, but. I like to look professional and that's just, you know, dress for success. <laughs> that's right. how I thought. So I, I'm typically wearing some sort of quick dry polo um, and pants that can dry quickly. Cause you know, you're on the ground a lot and stuff like that. And you never know when you're going to get wet. And I hate being wet the whole, the whole game. You know, right. so like, and the flight home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, that, that having quick dry clothes on for me, it's always in, in comfortable shoes. Cause you know, there's some games are moving around a lot. And there's some games where it seems like everything's coming to me and I don't move around as much. So it just depends the stuff I can be comfortable in for the whole day and, you know, continue to work when I get home. Cause sometimes I get home at eight o'clock and I'll work until nine, 10, 11, 12, midnight one, depending on what time it is. Right. So I'm not going to go take a shower and change. I just want to get it done. So 
yeah, that's typically what I wear. And this year I just started wearing knee pads and things like that too. And people are making fun of me like crazy for it, including the president here kind of. <laughs> I'm like, hey man, you kneel the whole game. Like you know, it, it starts to take a toll on your knees. And I, I always like thought I should do it, but this was the first year I bit the bullet and did that. And I'm like have all the stuff that, you know, try to make myself as comfortable as I can while I'm shooting. So yeah, that's typically what I wear though. What's your balance? Are you trying to capture a lot of action? Are you trying to make a lot of sideline stuff? Are you trying to be next to the coach? You know, because there's a depends lot of hats to wear. It depends on the game. Um, you know, I think for the first part of the game, I'm trying to get, you know, they they want, the athletics department wants at least, and we just started using Photoshelter to FTP this year too. Okay. So that's been a game changer because before I was pulling photos off my cameras with my phone. Okay. It was a royal pain in the butt because um, it would take you away from the action or whatever was going on for too long because Nikon's app needs to be fixed. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't, it changes, you know, I, I kind of know what I did the last game. I keep that in mind, and I'm like, all right, I want to do this. I want to be here this game. I want to go up for a while. I want to focus on the coach because I know him, him and his son were playing. His son played for him the past several years, so I always kind of had an eye on him too and Robbie um, okay. like that for football specifically. So I'm kind of moving around and, and thinking about, you know, what do I have so far? What are, Where do I want to go? What What's going to happen in the game? I try to be aware of, like, what records are going to be broken so I can kind of be try to be in the right place, you know. Like you said earlier, you can anticipate as much as you want, but sometimes it just doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. So uh, that that's kind of what my thinking is, at least when it comes to be where I am. But I like to be kind of in the corners of the end zones on the field because I can, you know, I got a 400 a year and a half ago for myself, and I use that a lot. Um, and that's kind of it gave me the ability to be able to be in certain places and still get, you know, the bench. And get, right. Um, and, it, you know, I do shoot in the, in, in the team area sometimes, but I try to stay out of there until I know what's going to happen with the game. Um, but sometimes I do work my way up in there to get a better shot. Um, and, and it's a privilege that, you know, we get to have. I'm not naive to that at all. So Right. There's uh, a lot of great images that can be made in there. You know, Michael Segaris, who's, you know, been with oh, yeah. the 49ers forever. He can, you can look at his work and just be like, oh, my God. He, he's, you know, the the quintessential image of having access is that uh, Bill – Bill photo with Joe Montana. They're sitting down there and they're trying to decide the play in 1980 against Dallas. And they're basically drawing it up on the grass for the catch. And, and Mike's right there and he shoots this low angle and you feel like the third coach in this conversation. It's unbelievable. That's awesome. I need to see that photo. I haven't seen it before. Oh my God. Yes. It's the, she sent it to me. I'd love to see it. Yeah. I'll send it to you. It's, it's the, access photo it's just like you look at it and you go i want to be that forever those images are priceless and that's what i hope we can you know the kind of relationships and stuff it's it's all about who you know and in life right but especially in this business it's like you know the coach knows who i am now he knows i'm not going to screw him and i I feel like at least i hope coach (laughs) out yeah you, you know what I mean? I think that he's he's allowed me to come into the locker room and, you know, I haven't gotten kicked out of the team area and, and all that stuff, you know, that, you know, I might not have been comfortable asking as much when I worked at the newspaper. I would have asked still, but, you know, I might have not gotten as uh, enthusiastic of a yes. Um, and I think 
like this last season when we came back from a game and beat uh, Southeast Missouri State in the playoffs. And I got a really one of my favorite pictures of Coach getting hoisted on the shoulders of his teammates. And what people don't see is I have some football players holding my hips so I don't fall off a freaking chair that I'm standing on because I'm too short. Because <laughs> I'm Italian, so I'm, like, I'm only five foot eight on a good day. And those guys are way bigger than me, even though, you know, it's just, it was, um, that kind of stuff is like, you know, I'm just getting a taste of that now. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that, you know, long-term that I'll build and establish that. And it'll be part of like our photography culture here at UN that we do this stuff. You know, obviously Michael Zagaris has been at the 49ers since, you know, yeah, the 70s, forever, ever. Yeah. Um, you know, that kind of stuff is like, you know, I, that is exactly what kind of work inspires me and I want to do more of it. Yeah. It's unbelievable. You were hanging off a catwalk last night. I mean, you're, you're, you're everywhere doing everything. Where, to be. where, where does Tommy want to get better at? Where do you see improvement? Cause that's at your age. That's obviously what you're trying to do is get better all the time. Yeah. I, I think the one thing that I I'm always really cognizant of, and I try not to do is fall into habits. Okay. And, yeah, especially with a job like this, I feel like it's it's easy to get comfortable. And um, I, I'm always looking to, you know, this is vague, I guess, uh, but I want to try and mix it up every time. That's why I was up shooting from different areas. You know, I didn't get the alley-oop dunk in the, the best way that I could have if I would have been in my usual spot last night, but I got a little different look at it, which, you know, I, cropped, I had to crop it a little tighter than the like and stuff like that. I'll do something different next time, allowing myself to – you know, do things like that. I, I feel like I just want to, now that I have a team, I can try and do things a little different. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I think. Have you ever, have you ever played with strobes? Cause I noticed you don't have strobes in your basketball arena. No, I wish we did. I'm, that's what, that's what conversation I've been trying to have with, with these guys. Cause our arena, you know, God bless it is dingy. Um, so it it can be really difficult and that's a skill that I've always wanted to have. Um, like the Denver, the the Denver nuggets photographer strobe work. Garrett Elwood. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That, that kind of, that kind of work, you know, I vote in the bulls photographer. I mean, those guys are legends on the strobes and I I would love to have a chance to do that. So that's definitely something I I would start off with one, make, you know, just start off with one and play with it. We we have a few, um, we, we have a couple three 500 watt heads that I think would work. I just, you know, I wish they weren't battery powered, um, but you know, it would work for part of the game for sure. So I think me and the new photographer are going to try and do that at some point this year. It's just, you know, getting them up there and hoping something doesn't fall and, you know, getting everything tied down as part of logistics. So that's it. Safety cable, uh, safety cables and gaffers tape and, you know, mm-hmm. put a plexi over the, over the head. So if they'll, bulbs do pop, you know, that's where they fall into. But, uh, yeah, that's where you start to be able to make images when you're in, mm-hmm. you're bringing in light or you can create shafts of light and do that kind of stuff. And then you start to really separate the images that you're making. And that's where you get into where you see the guys at, you know, UPPA winning contests because, oh my yeah. God, they just added all this damn shaft of light and I'm going to, I'm going to drab arena. Definitely. Yeah. I think that's something like looking like doing the same thing over and over, but making it different. Like I don't think I've talked about hustling, making it, making it look, that's something I'm always striving to get better at and push myself um, and do things different. Um, I think specifically, you know, 
career path wise. I just, like I said earlier, I want to get better at writing captions and and getting more proficient in that realm and faster, like faster is always something I'm working on. Like I had this guy I worked with in Muskegon who could bang out 50 photos in 10 minutes. It's like getting that, like it was crazy. I don't know how he does it. Like I, my fingers don't move that fast, but he, he, uh, that, that kind of stuff. I'm just always like, there's people that, you know, I want to be that person. I want to be like Steph Chambers in Seattle going out and, being in the right place it seems like always and some sometimes we're not obviously but just like having goals and people that's kind of where i'm at you know i don't want to be someone else but i i i want to i have like idols i guess that i'm i think i know what i need to do but i just need to focus and keep working hard at it so right well you're at a great place for it right like we said it's not going to relocate it's not going out of business they're Mm -hmm. giving you the access and the time i mean that's that's hundred percent of what you need to actually go out and make those photos. Definitely. Yeah. And I've been given a lot of creative freedom too, which is something that is um, unique to hear. And I'm very thankful for again, it's like they, they trust um, that I'm going to go out and, you know, there's days I got to make sausage um, and, and get right. the picture done and do that. But there's also sometimes I come back with something that people don't expect or even I don't expect. And I think that, you know what I'm, I'm hoping that trains people down the road to, you know, let the photographers do what they do. Um, and that, that's something I'm very lucky that people are start have been bought into, but are buying into more here when they're giving resources to do it. So, no, that's, that's all you want, man. Just, you know, let me go out and make some pictures for you. That's why you hired me. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I mean, like you said, it's, it's, I get to do this and get paid to do it. I mean, <laughs> what's better. And I, it's, it's, it's just, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm very lucky. What is your favorite sport to shoot at Montana at the university? I feel like it changes every year. Like last year I was saying basketball, but now after this football season, this is my favorite football season I've ever had. <laughs> and I think it's football right now again. It's just like we have, a, and I love softball and I, you know, stuff like that. Like softball is really hard. That's why I like it. I go in there and I feel like I never come out of it with a photo I like. And that's like, I love that challenge. It's like when you go, I think I heard you say this in one of your podcasts. It's like you have 36 bad rounds of golf and you have one good one. And then you want to keep going back. Yeah. It sucks you back in. You hit that one putt. And you're like, damn it. I love this thing. Yeah. And I love our soccer team. I mean, there's just like the thing that's really unique in it about what I get to do and kind of being the team, I guess the, being the team photographer first um, is I get to know the athletes, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm lucky about. And there's some, you know, there's dudes and, and gals from all walks of life and people what's different about now. I feel like than ever before is they understand what good photos are more than typically, especially here. I found they get who makes them. They care about, at least I like to think they care about me and I care about them. So yeah, sometimes it is hard for me to capture the tough moments, but it's it, that having those relationships is what really is fun too about this job that, you know, I kind of thought might happen. Um, Cause you know, I, I, hearing about other team photographers, but it's right. Especially last year. I'm like, this is the first group of kids, kids, I guess that, that I've had kids. Yeah, yeah, but I've I've been here for three years now that I've kind of watched them come up. Mm-hmm. I've been around the whole time. You know, we've been through COVID together. 
you know, the ones that have it's been here. Um, and it, it's just been, it's been fun. Um, and it's going to be fun. weird. If you're there long enough, they're going to come back and then you're going to yeah. hear about them getting married and then they're going to hear about them having a kid. And you're just gonna be like, what, what the hell happened? You were just here. You were a sophomore on the, on the, on the soccer team. And now, what do you mean? Now you're getting married. <laughs> How does well, that happen? That's even happened already to me. Like our, our two teams, the basketball teams that went to March Madness a couple years ago and got shafted playing Michigan twice, not presentable <laughs> at all. But I was working at the Missoulian at the time, and, you know, I got to go and the one guy that is still on the team, Mac Anderson, you know, I, I got, you know, it, it was fun to hang out with him last night a little too at the game. But he, um, he was there, but he's the first one I've been with the whole time, I guess. But the, the, the guy – his name is Bobby Moorhead, and he wore this headband. And God bless him, because if I wasn't taking Rogaine, I would be losing my hair too. But he, uh, <laughs> he he was starting to lose his hair a little. Sorry, and we got our hair cut by the same guy. It was like a funny thing, a little story. But now he has a kid, you know, and it's it's just like that kind of stuff. It's like it's it's starting to happen. Or I'm like, damn, I've been here long enough that I I know these players and people that have moved on and have kids and families and lives after the game. And, um, it's, 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 it's cool though, you know? No, that's a great thing. It makes you a staple. People become so familiar with you that they become extremely comfortable, extremely. I, I have photographed, I have photographed incoming freshmen. I have photographed their emergency surgeries. I have photographed them getting married, their actual child births of their children. I mean, it's like, if you have those kind of relationships with people over 20 years, it is the most magical thing. I know. I mean, I don't yet, but I, I, I like, that's why I feel like you know, one thing I've always had a lot of deep respect for is listening to folks like you, like Chris, like Kurt, listen to when they say stuff like that. Cause I've grown to, I haven't done it yet, but I feel like I have a huge deeper respect for it. When I do get to come across those moments and relationships and things like that, I'm not going to take it lightly. Um, and, yeah. and I, I, yeah, that, that just hearing that it, it's hard, you know, cause I, I would love to be here for 30 years. I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, but it, it's, it's like a, you know, one of those things you go back and forth with and it could be, and, I, and I'll be, eternally grateful for it um but i i I definitely yeah it's just it's remarkable that we get to do this if you do spend 30 years there that's not a bad thing because there's a lot a lot worse places you can end up doing in your career you know to be a photographer in a magical state and a beautiful town that you've got that's not a bad thing at all no definitely it's it's very I, i live in a a place that you know people vacation in yeah i mean literally that people come here to vacation um and that that's something that i've always been aware of you know i'm but it's it's hard you know i, I dance on both sides of the line it's like yeah of course i want to be the next michael zagaris mm-hmm. or you know bill smith of the bulls i mean i've always wanted to be the chicago bulls photographer it's like stuff like that it's it's a dance in my mind you know it's like um but i know what i have here Right. And it's hard to leave. Sure. And it's hard to do the things to get to the place where, you know, I want to, I want to do that, but I also like, I w- wish I could live in Missoula and be the Chicago Bulls photographer. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a quality of life thing too. Stacy's always talking to me about that. When I look at, you know, applying for a job, it's like, what are you, what do you think? And I, I yeah. Yeah. I, what I, are you willing to give up to get more of? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I think about that a lot because, you know, Seattle's not far away from here either. 
And yeah. There's a bunch of great photographers there that I would love to mix it up with too. I've always, that's always been the place I thought would be good to go. But the crazy thing is it's not always greener on the other yeah. side of the fence. No, you definitely know, not. It might literally be greener in that part of the country sometimes, but yeah. it's uh, someone, it, someone's looking at you going, buddy, I'll take your job in a heartbeat. Oh yeah. No, I know it. I'm well aware. People would love to see me leave. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it'll happen. I really don't. I mean, that's one of those things. It's just the right opportunity maybe, but my wife's from here too. So there's that, uh, that element of it. And, you know, we've built a nice little life for ourselves here and, you know, it's hard to buy a house in Missoula. Oh, I bet. Buy a house in Missoula now. Um, and I'm very blessed, I think. So I, I, I'm, I doing stuff like this is really helpful for me because it helps me enunciate and, and say it all out loud. And that's good for you to realize is I, I say, you know, there's days where I am annoyed. Like I want to be shooting football today. I don't want it to be over. I want to be at March Madness and all this stuff. And it's, right. it's, it's real easy to get FOMO. Like, kind of like we talked about, or I get inf- inspiration up from social media, you know, but people are getting it from me too. And I'm not, I'm not, um, unaware of my my luckiness i guess like yeah. i've said 50 times today yeah i mean there's a lot of guys 30 years old that are somewhere in the country right now going i wish i had a campus and a team not just one like i don't shoot that athletics for dominguez i shoot it for uc irvine so mm-hmm. you've got both so you can be shooting portraits of a president one day and golf the next day mm-hmm. and it's in where you live you don't have to yeah. get up and drive to it. It's like the Holy Trinity, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I do. I get a little of everything, but you know, what's funny is you should, if you're at UC Irvine, yeah, there's a player there named Kyle Owens. Mm-hmm. He was here last year. Okay. He goes by KO. Tell him, Tommy says, what's up? I will. I will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm lucky, man. It's, um, I, I just, uh, I can't stress it enough. And like I said, it's like, I'm here because of the people that came before me and um, you know, I hope I can make a, a good path and pave the way for people to come after me. Cause like our last intern, Shannon Madison starts at the Chicago Tribune on Tuesday as an intern. And I'm just like getting a taste of watching people go out in their success. And that is unbelievably rewarding. And that is something that I know Kurt um, loved about the internship program at the Missoula is watching you know, him make an impact on people and them go out and do great things in, in the photo world. And that's something that I'm very lucky that I think I get to build and help play a small part in these photographers' lives who come, everyone who comes after her and so on and so forth. And, you know, if I'm here for 30 years, keep doing it. But if I'm gone, knowing that, you know, hopefully the internship program continues way long after I'm gone. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's just like, Everything I get to do. I mean, I know we've been on for a long time, but I just love, I love, I love this business, and I, I I'm. It's, hey, it's, it's a great me. business. We could be doing a lot more shittier jobs, man. Oh my gosh, yeah, There's so <laughs> many things. You know. We take pictures of people doing. I mean, just think about during COVID. My wife's a respiratory therapist, and she still is dealing with the the results and the effects of it. Um, and during it, like that kind of stuff. You know, just having that perspective too that we get to have when we're being photojournalists and photographers and stuff like that. It's like you get to, get to see, witness 
people going through some of the hardest stuff in their lives. And some uh, of the greatest stuff of their lives, too. Yeah, yeah, both sides of the coin. Both sides and stuff in between that's you, that you're not kind of kind of sure, like, if it's important or not. And then maybe later it is and maybe it's not, but you're there. Exactly. You're there to bear and witness history. And that's one thing that doesn't change uh, when you're a photographer at a university or a newspaper. And it's really cool. Yeah. Tommy, I am, I'm so happy that I was able to find you on Instagram. We were able to connect. I love the work you're doing. You're, you're producing some really, really great stuff. Um, and it's, and it's not, and, and some people will say, oh, he's producing great stuff at, a, at the school you're at. You're producing some really damn good stuff. It doesn't matter if you're not at Texas or if you're not at, you know, Washington, what you're making at Montana is just as good as where everybody else is making it. Oh, thank you, Matt. And that's one thing that, you know, I'm going to continue to, I always try to push myself. And one of my good friends, mentors said this to me like a year ago to be great wherever you are. Absolutely. And I, I'm, I have everything I need here to continue to do that. Um, and I'm lucky that I do because I can, I can do it every day and be, and be happy. And that's, um, keep that's, doing it until the key at your office doesn't work anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely think that we do have keys. So. Yeah. Once, <laughs> once all of a sudden you show up and your office doesn't open up, then you know that they got rid of you. But until then you just keep making the best pictures you can because <laughs> there's, there's nothing better. Oh, it means a lot, man. I, I just, I love it. And I, I hope it shows in my work because I, I, I just want to, keep getting better in everything I do, no matter if it's a portrait or a picture of someone throwing down an alley-oop dunk right. last night. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, you did those portraits, those, you know, the basketball portraits, right? Yeah. Did yeah. you, did you decide, just tear them apart later and go, okay, this is what I'm going to do better next time. Because so often we get caught up of patting ourselves on the back and being like, that a boy, but oh, did you break it down and go, damn it, this is going to yeah. work. This is next year's plan. For sure. And what was really useful for me too, is I did the same thing with football team earlier. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of able to dissect those and go back and wish I would have done some things better. And they're a little different, obviously the wearing helmets and things like that. So not, not quite the same, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I am my own worst critic a lot, which is good and bad. Um, but I definitely went through and there's like little things that I'm like, I should have moved the light up. I should have moved the, the strips back. I should have had someone holding the reflector over here. I wish this thing in the background was out of the way. Those damn power lines right. um, and stuff like that. Uh, and I, and I, <laughs> my wife's always like, why no one's going to notice that. And I'm like, but me, <laughs> and, and that's okay. always, but that's, that's the double-edged sword of what she says. She says, well, nobody's going to notice that, but an editor's going to. Another exactly. photographer, another creative is going to see it and go, really? You didn't yeah. move that just 18 inches and he makes all the difference in the world. Exactly. Yeah. There's like one photo of the guy I mentioned earlier who was at the tournament in, um, in Wichita. Um, it, but uh, there's a famous bar in downtown Missoula. It's called the Missoula Club. Right. I got and, it up. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And, and that, that picture in the, in the photo, the, you can see the light and the sign a little bit. Uh -huh. And I didn't, I didn't notice it. And if I would have just moved it slightly to the left, it probably would have disappeared. But, you know, it, you can't tell from the photo, but it was like 25 degrees outside. And I had these guys running around in shorts. And that, well, <laughs> half of them were inside the bar in their uniforms. Yeah. So 
it was such a classic moment. That was a great night, though. I mean, it, it, and I, I definitely, I was proud of those pictures for sure. Um, and I think I got the inspiration from a photographer who was at Mizzou, Hunter Dyke, and now he's at uh, Utah. But he did something similar with his team, kind of like the UPPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know that, that that got that inspiration from him along he did that a long time ago but yeah that that was kind of like i want to make this in missoula though something that people around town and like you said montana sports is really powerful and popular and all that things for whatever reasons because it goes so much cheaper than a pro team for some people um i thought it would resonate a lot and they were very popular, I, I think, um, at least. And I was lucky to be able They let me do it, though. That's the thing. Because Missoulian, if I was wearing a Missoulian, they would never let me parade three of the star, the star athletes around <laughs> in the uniforms and let them sit in the bar while I photograph them on a Thursday night. Right. Never would have happened. No. No. And that's something that's very unique to even our level. Because I don't know if that would happen at Craig's level either or here. It's like mm-hmm. I'm, at, I'm in this nice sweet spot of a, of a place that, you know, they, they trust me and, you know, they know that I'm going to do right by them. And that's something that I'm going to continue to build on. But yes, I did pick them apart. <laughs> <laughs> Good. That's what with, you got to do to get better. And with the coworkers too, and you got to do that. I mean, that's what I love about our offices. We're, we're right across the hall from each other. So I call in the intern and the other photographer a lot and say, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? You know, and that's one thing that's been nice that I've been able to kind of put together while I've been here. Because before we were all kind of on islands. Right. And I'm hoping that we can build it up more, kind of like the newsroom, you know, have right. that back and forth banter. And then yeah, I would have done that better. I would have done this kind of like you said, step to the left, move this to the right. Yeah, so. that's all. That's all that matters. All right, Tommy, you have the rest of your day. I appreciate your almost three hours of doing this on the podcast. It's been fantastic. (laughs) Coulter's going to be wondering, what the hell? Three hours? Jesus Christ. (laughs) I mean, I love to talk about this. I knew what I was getting into. (laughs) I love it. All right, so I've got a reason now to come back to Montana. Yeah, man, you better hit me up when you come to Missoula. I'll bring bring my six, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll we'll make some pictures. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be awful kind of you if you could bring it on the airplane. <laughs> now, are you on Nikon Z's? Yeah, yeah. We, Z9s? We just, bought, we just bought Z9s. Okay. We'll have, to, we'll have nice. to slap the adapter on it then. Yeah, I got, I got a couple of them. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll make it a date, my friend. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah I'll buy you a burger and a beer because we got plenty of those here. <laughs> that's That's it. Yeah. Now, now, wait a minute. Before we leave, I got I got to ask you this. This isn't even on my notes. I got the pad closed up. Are you pro Yellowstone or anti Yellowstone TV show? I haven't even watched it. <laughs> I haven't even watched it. I know him protests a little bit because a lot of people around here aren't fans of it. Honestly, it doesn't. You know, there's some truth in it. I'm sure. I don't know. But uh, yeah. I, I, I like, um, I don't watch the, that, that type of TV show all that much. Cause I mean, I live here. So, but some people, some, I'll tell you one thing that I've seen a lot on Twitter recently is they weren't showing in the TV show, how cold it was here oh, yeah. <laughs> at the beginning of December. It's always summer and it's always nice. Yes. So, yeah. They I, don't, I, they don't, it's funny how they don't shoot Yellowstone in December and January when it's uh sub zero. A lot of it is filmed here. Yeah. So and, and in Derby, which is hilarious because most of it's supposedly bo- based in Bozeman, right? 
exactly how that works, but yeah, no, I haven't watched the show. <laughs> okay. All right. Cause I know when we were in Ennis, the, uh, I ran into a gentleman who was like, ah, damn it. They're, they're making people come out to Montana. We're trying to keep it a secret. <laughs> oh man. I know people say that all the time, but I hate to break it to everybody. It's long, not a secret anymore. So no. that's, that's just what happens. So when you live in a nice place, people can't have nice things. No, they want to, they want to see your nice stuff. Exactly. And it's not all bad. All right. Where can people see your work, Tommy? Um, so I, I have an Instagram. It's, I recently changed it to Tommy Martino photo. It used to be T period Martino photo. But, um, that's, that's, that's where I post stuff regularly. And then my website, Tommy Martino photo.com is um, where like my portfolio and stuff lives, but you know, UM's channels, of course, there our pictures live on there a lot. And um, that's about a, that's it. Most places you can find it. You got to get some more fly fishing photos on your on your website, Tom. Got oh, it? yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I don't have any up there. Right None. Now. None. You would think you were afraid of a fish. There's not one. Not oh, one. Not one fly caster at all in the whole damn my thing. Grandpa, my grandpa would be, um, he was a huge fly fisherman, and I... I eat fly fish a lot growing up in Ohio, but I don't go nearly enough here, which is funny. I'm too focused on shooting football. <laughs> shooting football and shooting kids slacklining on the oval. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's a, that, that's where you can find it, though. And, um, if, if anyone ever wants to reach out and ask questions, I'm always happy to answer DMs and, and talk to people just like we are right now. I love this, and it's part of what helps you grow shooting the shit absolutely all right tommy you're the best i appreciate it my friend all right matt have a good sunday okay see you man thank you for listening to my conversation with tommy if you enjoyed this episode please click the like button and become a subscriber to the podcast remember you can follow the just a good conversation podcast on instagram and you can find all of our past shows on the website at justagoodconversation.com Thank you for listening.